Hey, do you ever do that thing uh, like where you like mix up the apps you're using? Mike, I got a new phone and I've never done that on this phone. Okay, so well, well then I'm going to tell you a story and I guess, I guess just kind of look at this as like a cautionary tale. So okay, like I was, I, I was on what I thought was the Domino's pizza app, right? Mm. And uh, like I was trying to order food this past mm. week. Um, I, you know, I shut it down and turns out I was on Grindr. Mm. And so my, my point being like there, there's a 10 inch vegetarian on its way here right now. Mm. And I don't know what to expect, dude. Mm. I like where <laughs> this is going. <laughs> is that is that how you order pizza just by inches that's interesting okay that's how i order most things or by inches a 10 inch uh, 16 inch meat i gotta i gotta 16 inch meat lover Lover. oh yeah (laughs) we got a 16 inch sausage headed this way right now guys i don't know what to expect oh nice We'll get back to you next week, America. <laughs> we'll, we'll let you know how that delivery turned out. Adam, how have you been this past week, man? Lots of exciting uh, been, stuff happened in your house. Well, Mike, you know, like, what was it? 15 months ago, my daughter went to school, threw up all over her classroom, and then they shut down the school later that afternoon. It was her fault, yep. And now 15 months later, wait, 15 months? How many months have passed? Jesus Christ. Uh, eight, Se- 17 eight, months. 17, yeah. We're finally back. Week one is going to start this week. She can finally finish first grade. <laughs> and the and then she's going to go back. And, and then like this, yesterday, she just started getting sick and she's already mm. sick. And then this morning, she's like, Daddy, I threw up three times. What's going on? Why is my insides uh, vomiting all over the place just because school is around the corner? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, Nora, I think it's just because you're filled with phlegm and you don't know how to like hawk it like a loogie, like a real man. Mm-hmm. So stop trying to inhale it, hence making yourself throw up phlegm. Um, so there's been that. And then last week after the, the iris uh, had her 102 fever. The iris better. virus. The iris virus. She got better. And now it's all just, it's in that like the, 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 the leaving the body phase. I don't know how to, how to put that. Yes. Where it's just all c- coming out of every, every orifice, every orifice. And it's just, <laughs> and so it's like she was supposed to go back to preschool last week. Remember? We, I did remember, I mention yeah. that? And then, you know, everybody caught COVID at her preschool, including the director. I think we found out about that. Um, And then, so now they're like, okay, we're going to start everybody. Let's get everybody healthy. Remember, if your kid's sick, we're going to send them home. And so it's not like we can just sneak a a sick kid in like we used to back in the good old days. (laughs) Now it's like, no, they're going to know if they see a little bit of a snot around the nose. Like, Mm -hmm. hey, you get out of here. You get your your COVID out of here, kid. Yeah. I don't think anybody's starting school this week, unfortunately. But no, we'll see where my daughter where, is. But uh, you know, that's <sighs> a whole a that's a whole different thing. Yeah, she's finally going to finish sixth grade. You know, it's finally. exciting stuff around here. She's still technically been on her spring break <laughs> two years ago. <laughs> Man, it's yeah. been good times. Yeah. So I, I don't know what to expect at this point. I just keep on paying her preschool money for my child to not attend. Right. Because, you know, 
that's what you have to do when they go to preschool that you pay for. It's like, uh, but, uh, at least with Nora car was out of commission for three months. I was still making the (laughs) monthly payments and paying the insurance. I'm like, this is like an, this is like the automobile equivalent of an abusive relationship. You know, I think so. It's, it's pretty bad. And, and that's basically what parenthood is. That's true. It's a long term abusive relationship. Emotionally, verbally, physically. This morning, Iris punched me right in the head of my dick. And I was oh, just like, ow, right <laughs> that really hurt. And I was thinking like, like an oh, intentional use, punch. Like just a like, oh, here, you know, this is at my eye level. So I'm just going to like take a swing to be silly and, and giggle my way away. Oh, okay. And I was like, ow, you hit me in the head of my penis. <laughs> and then my wife was like, stop calling it the head of your penis. And I'm like, what am I supposed to call it? That is the scientific term instead of saying you hit me in the dick, you little bitch. <laughs> 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 That's oh, all I gotta man. say about that. Yeah, that was a so weird anyway, thing to get mad at you about. Like, don't call it was, the head of my penis. <laughs> right. And then I walked away so that I could go urinate because that's what I was intending to do. Mm-hmm. And the child proceeded to follow me all the way to the bathroom and try to squeeze her head between my legs while I peed into the toilet. And that is the world that you live in when you own a three year old. They're just mm. always there trying to return ever back into whatever orifice they can find. <laughs> I'm trying to return back into the balls which I came mm-hmm. in. And they just like, they watch you pee and they think it's the funniest thing in the world. They're like, hey, yeah. remember how you watch me pee and we smile and laugh? Like, now it's my turn to do that to you. I know. Remember how like you, back in the day, like you used to watch me pee and then when I did, everybody cheered and applauded. Yes. That's why I'm here, Father. <laughs> I'm here to cheer <laughs> and applaud you. <laughs> On a job the, well done, good sir. The, the moral support that you need <laughs> to make it through this day. Yay! Dad, nobody ever takes the time out of the day to find out how you're doing. You know, that's what. <laughs> and, and by you're, I mean you're in doing. How is your urine, urine doing, Dad? Urine. Do any of our fans have three year olds? They're all like in baby mode right now. Or that's true. You have a teenager. I do. It's a whole other world, but but like, like when she watches me pee, it's a lot more awkward, you know. I was gonna say like when yeah. she watches you pee. I mean, how do you guys handle that? Because that that's like a little bit more awkward now. But I mean, she's still gonna be there because she's got to watch. That's just yeah, what children yeah. Do. It's a it's a it's like a family tradition. But but like it does, right. it still ends in like cheering and applauding. <laughs> you know, <laughs> we bond as a family that way. You know, <laughs> it used to be tears, but now it it's used to be tears. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we, we call that exposure therapy. <laughs> In the professional world. No. <laughs> I hope her friends aren't listening to this podcast like your other one. <laughs> yeah. I hope they're listening to my less successful podcast, The Dorkiest. Please. I was just saying, listen you to guys, the podcast. The last episode where you guys talked about saddest moments of movies, I figured oh, man. that was that was a better choice rather than the one before that. I mean, when you Did guys you movies? Because you guys only talked about movies that people hate. So I was sitting there thinking like, no, well, no, we, we talked to... about like the video game movies and how, what we think could make them yes, better. But that yeah. was, that was the problem was that you oh. only talked about movies that people hated. So I was thinking in my mind, if you guys just talked about movies that people liked, oh. then that would be a better avenue for your podcast. Well, talking about video game movies that we like, that episode would be like seven minutes long, dude. That's the just, problem. No, just movies that you like. I mean, nobody's oh. ever made a podcast about movies that they like. So I think you guys can corner the market here. That's true. Yeah. Shift. No one's ever done that topic before. Just like, right. you know, and and and, I, and I'm glad you brought that up, Adam, because like just like we're talking about for this week's episode of the Skinny, folks, you've read it in the in the episode description and the title. Like, I'm so sick of people like copying our format. You know, like we started this game, you know, of like 
talking like listening to an album and then talking about an album on a right. podcast medium i'm so right. sick of these phonies and terrorists just coming in stepping we, up on our game dude we we put them all in the ground as we did noticed. dude Every... and you know what the skinny's still standing dude for more up-and-coming loser podcasts to come <laughs> and steal our game dude <sighs> I think, I mean, if we're the only one left. I don't, I can't speak for uh, like <laughs> ones that are associated with actual like magazines and things that I've right. never listened to. Actual but, successful um, music podcasts, not moderately successful music podcasts like ours. I mean, are those okay. ones no, no, yeah, any I'm, I'm very happy with ours. where we are. So anyway, <laughs> but you know, if we can those... get those numbers up on the dorkiest podcast, that'd be great. You know, I'm listening to every episode, despite what I don't know about majority of the topics, but I knew okay. sad moments. And I sat there for an hour and 55 minutes trying to figure out what my list would consist of. I was about to ask you, man, what's the saddest movie moment <laughs> I, you've ever had in your life? I can only, since I'm not like a movie fan, sure. I can only go with two movies. That's all I could come up with this whole time. That's perfectly fine, man. And Forrest Gump was not one of them. Like, <gasps> I, I've, I feel like I've made my peace with Jenny's death. To know, like it was bound to happen. She did. Was did that... you ever cry at Forrest Gump at any moment? I don't. I don't think so. I okay. don't think so. Um, I mean, maybe with Bubba to some extent. Yeah, dude. I feel more emotional about that one, but but I'm going that straight. More visceral, and you see it happen too. Like Jenny dies off screen. You you're True. sitting there with Bubba as he's dying, and like as man, they their their final pan... moments together is just like, hey Forrest, and hey, they just Bubba. pan pan the camera. From both of them to just Forrest, ever oh. so slightly. Oh, like, it's so good! The cinematography, <sighs> dude. <sighs> um, I did watch the Netflix movies that made us a Forrest Gump, and that was fun. You know, they had oh. the, the, the terrible editing throughout yeah. the entire thing. I, but I love the it, topics of those documentaries, but the the editor needs to be fired, I know. dude. So it, it, it's still bad in that regards, but it's still got a lot of information that I never knew about. So I found oh, that good. kind of fun. Like all that's the things that, that, that the studio didn't want them to have in the movie that Zemeckis and Tom Hanks uh, figured out ways to get into the movie. Mm -hmm. And like thinking about how the movie would have been without certain elements. Uh, like they were just like, oh, why don't you just get rid of all the, the scenes on the water? Because those are expensive. <laughs> and then they, they, they cut right to that scene of Lieutenant Dan on top of the ship yelling at the storm. And yeah. they're like, can you imagine that movie without that scene? Oh my God, that scene is so impactful. <laughs> and I, like Universal or Warner Brothers, whoever it was, was just like, no, you guys should just cut that one. It's too expensive. <laughs> <laughs> I, I also heard a fun fact before we get started on the show, but you, you, I mean, you brought up Forrest Gump. So now this is a Forrest Gump podcast. But the, yep. apparently Tom Hanks was having trouble. I don't know if they mentioned this in the documentary. I haven't seen it, but the, apparently he was having trouble like nailing down what accent to use for Forrest yes. Gump. And it they wasn't until he this. heard... The act, the actual yeah. accent of young Forrest Gump, which apparently is just the way he talks, mm -hmm. <laughs> that he was just like, oh yeah, that's I'll just I'll just go with that. Right. Is that, that accurate? Kid, that is accurate. Okay, that kid cool. makes a brief cameo in the interview process. Nice, dude. Um, he's like what forty uh, something now. He yeah, he's probably my age or your age, one of those. Um, but and then yeah, and then like the executives with the movie, whatever company it was. We're just like, no, he can't talk like that. And they had to like argue for for months about him talking like that. It's a very interesting documentary. Oh, I I'll have to I'll, check that out, dude. I don't know if I'll if I'll watch the other ones that are on there. It's like Back to the Future one and a couple of A movie that you don't like at all. Yeah. No, no. And I was just like, <laughs> I I know everything about that movie, including all the background stuff. I don't want to spend forty two more minutes 
watching more about that movie. But anyway, the saddest moments I could think of otherwise, I mean, Daniel mentioned it with Lion King. That was, that was a pretty heartfelt, like painful moment. It was like, Oh, we're going to go see Lion King. Yay. And it was like, Oh no. I was also like too (laughs) young for that like moment when I first saw it to like for, to really impact me. But you know, it wasn't until I was older that that move, that that moment like really impacted me. Also, I have a very strained relationship with my father. So it it hits me a little different. Yeah. And see, I saw that movie the summer that my mom and my stepmom separated. Oh God. There was a little bit of that. Anyway. Um, yeah, that was a moment when I was 13. And the most port- pertinent one, which unfortunately I saw very early on in life, probably around five or six, was The Never Ending Story. Oh, no. A moment I cannot even when the horse drowns in the quicksand. Fucking still frightening, dude. Still, I oh. get choked up. Come on. I like uh, we turned on that movie to like show Nora it mm-hmm. one one day and I'm like they're walking through the quicksand. I, I got to fast oh, forward. No. It's yeah, not yeah. happening. <laughs> I hadn't seen so that movie in like, like 30 oh, years. I got to go to the bathroom, family. <laughs> I got to go. Right. Except I knew that I'd be able to hear the screaming from oh. the bathroom. So I'm like, nope. I know. And I just dude, like, <laughs> what a freaking horrific moment. Uh and I remember like being five or six, being like, "No, this can't be real." Like I, was, I thought it was real, obviously. Oh, of course, so it, yeah, all it, movies. It pained me. Yeah. It pained me even more. But those are the only two that I could really. Those are good to. moments, dude. Oh my gosh. <laughs> so, um, but I loved you. I love that topic, and I'm, and you guys had so many, which was great. Yeah, so, we watched um, too many. Like one, one could argue too many movies, but uh, you know, just mm-hmm. like this show, we we listened to far too many albums. One could argue uh, some, some of which. Are, are, are freaking winners, man. And this week, I think we're going to talk about a certain winner from, uh, I guess it's two weeks ago at this point, but the American Noir, which is yeah. the companion piece, sister album, sequel, album EP to Sex, Death, and the Infinite Void of 2020. This is by a band, the UK band Creeper. Uh, this kind of um, was announced kind of out of nowhere. I wasn't expecting them to release new music new old music i guess uh, in 2021 but you know mm-hmm. so glad that we did of course adam's bets are very glad that they did uh Man, you know I'm, I'm pretty much there yeah pretty much there. We're, uh, as soon as bring me the horizon announces their new album which could be any day now which is what we're speculating then adam you got you've got your 10 albums therefore of the point and now we've got a fucking game baby yes but, that's uh, including gonna, including the killers album right the killers album we're gonna throw okay. in poppy so now the now the question is <laughs> how many albums are you gonna get up to dude i know i don't think i can get to 20 by the end of the year but i'd be really happy to do that how about this if you get up to 15 i'm gonna give you half a point what? we're gonna multiply your points by 1.5 instead of one how about Whoa. that i'll take it all right all right i'm mean, in a good i'm mean... in a good mood today <laughs> so we're gonna do that i'm gonna do that as a favor just because i feel like i'm way ahead of you in points so far like oh, as far okay. as the draft score goes so like i want to kind of make this a little bit more competitive so if you get 15 dude okay i'm gonna give that's you 1.5 I was just making sure that that doesn't mean that you get to add yet another addendum to, uh, <laughs> to yours. <laughs> like, I, I, I didn't know that uh, Suicide Squad was going to be so good. Adam, I'm, I'm in a good mood, so I'm going to give myself 
two points on that just Jack <laughs> Zack Snyder's Justice League. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> two points because it's like the length of two movies. You know, Adam, you understand, right? You know? I do. I do. I mean, these are just how how bets work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The course yeah. of the, of months, yes. hearts break. You know, you know. So uh, we're gonna be doing a track by track of this album uh, EP. I, I guess it's more of an EP. We got like two, three instrumental. Try. So we got like five actual yeah. songs, right? So it's it's a five. Yeah, yeah. So well, we're so we're gonna go through that. We're also gonna kind of go through like the story elements and you know what that means for this album and how it kind of fits into uh, the the previous album. And then we're just gonna talk about the album itself as well. So please join us and enjoy that uh, for what it's. We're gonna go through the entire thing. It's just like nineteen minutes long, so that should be fun. And then we got some uh, more albums that we're gonna talk about in the second half of the show. I've got some. I got some. Uh, I've got some more uh, Dave Matthews. I've got some more Liv, and uh, and Adam reminded me off air that I have I've neglected to talk about Frankie Turn Turn. So I'm gonna yes, talk a little bit about Frankie Turn Turn. There's four very important albums that <laughs> yet to be discussed. And I got one more to go, dude. So uh, oh, and you know okay. you got some Cat Stevens on the way. Uh, yes. I guess we're gonna share our final thoughts on some albums that came out uh, last week from like Suicide for a King and Chunk No Captain Chunk, and you jumped in on. A story told, American Maid as well. We got American Noir and American Maid on one episode. Whoa. Whoa. The most patriotic episode we've ever done. I know. (laughs) Luckily, I have no baseball to be worried about these days. It's all... Mm -hmm. It's all downhill from there. I mean, what team are you even watching anymore? Jeez. I've been I've been watching the other teams that like the guys got traded to to see how how they're doing with their new teams. Mm-hmm. <laughs> How's Rizzo doing today, Adam? He is going to be taking a couple weeks off, Mike. Oh, does he it's need gonna... a break? Is is he on vaca- <laughs> is, is, is he banking too much PTO time? He's got to got to turn it in. Otherwise, he loses it by the end of the year. You would have thought, but apparently, uh, you know, he decided I don't need. I don't. We're not so sure about that whole uh, uh, vaccine thing. Like he was yeah. one of the one of the holdouts that uh, you know the, the the media knew about this. Him and Jason Hayward from the Cubs were like the primary ones who were not getting the vaccine mm. because of differing reasons. It must and be nice to be so rich and privileged and like. <laughs> live in a live outside of like the objective reality of everybody else, you know, be so yes. disconnected from your common man, you know, it must be, must be nice. So anyway, he was announced today on his birthday, 32nd birthday that he has oh, COVID <laughs> <laughs> and he's going to be a uh, birthday party over the weekend. <laughs> well, uh, and like the Yankees have been on fire since he joined the team. They won like six out of seven games and five in a row. And he's already hit three home runs. Um, and then he's going to take a couple weeks off here just for uh, just for the time being. Everyone keep so. an eye on his heart. A lot of people <laughs> catching COVID are having like long-term heart condition problems. So yeah, look forward to that in your, We're hoping your future. For the best. Rizzo. He is a great, great man otherwise who did tons of charity work for kids with cancer throughout the Chicagoland area and then up and left all that behind last week and um fuck you chicago kids (laughs) i hope he gets better soon and of course i'm being cynical and 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 mean but like yeah i hope that he gets better i hope everybody who catches covid gets better but seriously get that fucking vaccine so we can stop this fucking nonsense i know at this point it's just all the people that don't get the vaccine will catch it and then they'll be pretty much immune to it right is that how this is going to like balance out or are we waiting people for can catch variant? covid multiple times okay it's been so. it's been a it's 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 been well documented that covid yeah, yeah because of how how quickly it mutates 
even just like slightly like people can catch it multiple times so yeah I remember last year that when fucking vaccine you remember last year when they when the baseball season finally started in july mm-hmm. and rizzo was at first base and the guy on the brewers made it to first base and he gave him some hand sanitizer right yeah. when he got there like th- that was that was those were good times. Those, those were, were like good times. Yeah, those were easier days of the pandemic. And now he's and now everybody's been himself. fucking red pilled. It's only a matter of time before you and I are Adam. You know, it's, it's only a matter of time before we're we're on an episode and we're just like, you know, maybe we should look into the election. You know, I think I know. there's legitimate claims <laughs> of you know fraud going on. You know, I know it's just yeah, a matter of time. Probably- remove this vaccine from our skin mm-hmm. and but apparently i need we'll to have suck it, it out to, of each other's dicks how about that <laughs> apparently my job is now requiring it so you know whatever oh, yeah, because libs. you're a healthcare healthcare worker yeah libs <laughs> stupid libs forced me, me to get a vaccine it took me that like I, a second to realize what you just said <laughs> forcing me to get a vaccine that i already got six months ago I know. Yeah. So See, it's, already, like, it's already started, man. <laughs> but what's great is that like you can object on medical or religious reasons. So I mm-hmm. can't wait for all these Christians to be like in the Bible. It says I'm not supposed to get a vaccine. It's right here. I think mm-hmm. it's in Hebrews uh, 14, 18. Something yeah. Like that. And then all these shall pe- not enter thy Delta variant vaccine. Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that means they job. have to also like not get like the polio vaccine and then the MMR oh, yeah. vaccine and yeah. You know. Well, yeah, that stuff can kill you. Mm. You know what else can <laughs> I'm kill just saying, you? Polio. Just saying, a lot of people that got that polio vaccine. Measles, mumps, and rubella. <laughs> a lot of people who got that polio vaccine back in the forties are dead now. That's all I gotta say. That's true. All oh I gotta my say. God, Adam. So many deaths. <laughs> been so. You know what, Adam? You're making a good point. You know, I got and the I proof. Think Right here. And I think once President Trump is reinstated in August, any minute now, (laughs) you know, we can finally go back to the America we're supposed to be. American noir, folks. Oh, wait, I forgot to do a thing. Adam, what's that noise? Oh, oh, do you hear that? It's a coming. The trains are coming. Oh, no, it's a new album breakdown. I haven't done that in a while. So I'm <laughs> glad to remember to do that today. But uh, there hasn't been a lot of n- new albums to want to break down. <laughs> well, that's true. <laughs> oh no! Yeah, 2020 uh, 2021's been a it's been a year. But uh, <laughs> but uh, this, Man, I'm I'm looking at my list all the way from a good album like Manchester Orchestra that came out in what April? April, yes. And I'm like going creeper noir. <laughs> oh my well nowhere generation was in there wait we didn't no, that's what i'm saying there's one there's yeah, yeah. one album between april and now that oh, i'm that's... like oh that, that album's pretty good well, that's weird it says <laughs> afi released an album this year did you hear about that i heard something about that we'll wait talk is this about the same it. afi <laughs> that's weird anyway <laughs> oh man it's been a rough year mike it's oh, been, it's been a year <laughs> yeah so yeah it's it, the uh, so apologies to those of you who have you know been longtime listeners of the show who enjoy our track by track re- uh, reviews. We just haven't felt like, you know, a lot of them are kind of worth talking about. So uh, in, 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 in depth at least. So American noir, this was uh, 
something once it was announced was highly anticipated by the both of us you know sex death and infinite void was a huge hit with the two of us um mm. you know ranked pretty high on uh, both of our lists it was number four for me i believe in 2020 do you remember what was for you if i can look it up real quick i know uh, dave obviously was the one who introduced us to this mm-hmm. and, dave the uh, winner of the 2020 draft we also bought this uh vinyl for him as a as a prize that's right um, and he sent us adorable brief videos of his children singing it oh yeah love um, it love it it's love also, our listeners it's number four for me as well there you go baby look at that think, so ranked pretty high for us i think daniel he was the only one that wasn't feeling this right yeah interestingly enough you know and and this kind of gave me like you know afi vibes and uh you know Apparently, my chem vibes Apparently, Jim Steinman vibes. We came to learn. Yeah, there we go. And and we, I mentioned that when we talked about this album last week too. And it, it was, sh- I was shocking to me that you didn't like agree right away. But I guess we'll kind of uh, go more in depth of that for this week's episode. But uh, uh, you, what, what were you anticipating going into this uh, EP, man? Oh man, I was hoping for f- that it wasn't just going to be like B sides. That it was actually going to be good stuff but I, I had i had my mind set on just like regular b-sides that weren't going to be too exciting mm-hmm. so i was i was pleasantly surprised yeah it was also first... announced that like these were written these mm-hmm. songs were written during the sex death and infinite void session so right i guess technically they are b-sides but um mm-hmm. but uh, it's, 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 it's a, there's a little bit more depth to it to that i guess right so i was excited to hear that and um yeah i think anything this band is going to do into the future it, it like the bar is set. The bar is mm-hmm. very, very high. I don't know if they're going to be able to reach where they went last album, which is why Salem is like an interesting little side note. Obviously creeper is much more with the dual vocals. Um, at least with this EP, a lot of back and forth between the two of them. more Yeah. So which is album, great. Right? Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so I enjoyed that because obviously after listening to uh, what, 25, 35 years of Jim Steinman albums, uh, I've been really enjoying uh, male female duets. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, like my my world has been opened now. So when they jumped into that on this album, this EP, I was like, yes, I need more of this. Yeah, <laughs> didn't get enough. Right when you right when you finished going through like the Jim Steinman cinematic universe too, right? Mm-hmm. Right, <laughs> you got this. You got this stuff here. So yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you, man. Like I'm very, I was very much looking forward to this one. Kind of nervous too because it does. It did sound like these were like the quote unquote rejected songs, uh, and they were just kind of banking on like, oh, you guys all love that. Like here's some more from that from those sessions. But um, I mean, look like, at that that album art. Look at that like, album art right there, dude. This isn't just the B sides. There's something to be said here. There's a story <laughs> being told, dude. Like in in. A, reading the lyrics and listening to this EP over and over again, like I wasn't able to get like the full symbolism of all the purple in the background, um, Mm. you know, with, with the, with the other band members and like the purple masks, the paint masks they're wearing. Like, obviously um, uh, there's Hannah there. She's playing the character Annabella, I believe. And, you know, we got, we got Will Gould playing Roe. What does heaven, what what, what is heaven like? But uh, anyway, it's like the blade on the edge of the north. <laughs> it's not the knife. And, you know, he's draped there in the American flag. Uh, mm. You know, he's, he said it's a British band. This is a British band, man. <laughs> Great Britain noir. But, uh, mm-hmm. uh, but you know, the, the, the story is that like, um, and as Will Gould has stated in interviews that like, this is kind of like the sequel to Rose life also in like the untold chapters of his time in America. 
which is interesting. And, and also in real life, like the, the, I guess some of the songs in this and also sex as an Inter- infinite void were um, tonally inspired by a small town in California when they were on tour with um, water parks mm. from what I've read. Right. Yeah. I cannot remember the name of it. It was some town I had never heard of. Right. It's just some know nothing town just on their way to tour. It's called uh, Dunsmere, California. It is in Siskiyou County in Northern California, uh, an upper Sacramento River. Mm, interesting. Looks like a small little quaint town. Perfect for, you know, vampires to live in if they're on the hide, if they're on the run. Well, and that's where I was thinking when, when we were saying whether this was Jim Steinman inspired or was Jim Steinman inspired by Will Gould and Will Gould is actually 85 years old. I'm just oh saying. Oh my I'm God. Just saying. Has Will Gould been there this entire time and just like in the background, eternally a, a 25 year old man, but secretly uh, geriatric. <laughs> That's right, dude. Oh my God. <laughs> I am. My mind is blown. I didn't even consider that. <laughs> it's always a possibility. I'd like to believe that. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a reminder too, of when we briefly talked about it last week uh, of the, of the magazine slash website DIY reviewer, Ben Tipple, gave this EP a perfect score, comparing it stylistically to Meatloaf's 1977 debut album, Bad Out of Hell, and mm-hmm. describing it as a vibrant and fitting homage to the recently departed Jim Steinman. So um, we're going to be talking about some Jim Steinman, um, where those homages are here in the EP. Um, mm-hmm. That being said, Adam, do you want to go ahead and ju- jump in and get started? I am ready. All right. So we're going to cue this up. We're doing this remotely. So we're going to uh, listen to it on both ends and then you of course the listener will be listening to it as we talk about it but counting down here i'm sorry if i'm singing different timing than the actual timing i just Uh, throw the tracks in baby (laughs) i count down and i throw the tracks in i i I, I, what what happens beyond there is beyond my control (laughs) which is why i prefer this when we do this in person but you know it whatever right but anyway uh and i'm I'm gonna count down to one and hit play and we're gonna be in track one midnight militia so here we go in three, two, one, play. We are now in the opening track, the intro track that kind of sets the mood, sets the story at Midnight Militia. And dude, we're talking about Jim Steinman. We're talking about mm. Meatloaf. How do you not get those vibes just from the storytelling? Well, I guess in, in a way it is there. You know, there was a lot more love songs uh, back in the day, but this is this is like dead lovers which i enjoy mm-hmm. i love i like to, to hear about that kind of stuff this is like freaky this like this, I, I turned this on at like five o'clock in the morning on the Ooh. friday it came out and i was like <gasps> oh god it's dark in, in the house right now nobody's up it, who, it, who's talking right now is this is this will this has to be will yeah i know it's frightening i was just like what am i in for like and then i was just thinking also like there's no way this is going to be that good. This is just the B-sides, whatever. <laughs> just threw it, threw it in there. Yeah, absolutely. So is this him, like, like in, in this purgatory? Like, entering into yeah. this purgatory kind of thing? So I've been getting a lot of, like, different varying... Um, this is track two, uh, Midnight, coming up right here. But so I've been getting mm. kind of, like, various, mm. Um, mm. like, storytelling vibes you know just based on the lyrical content alone and then reading different stuff um you know i thought it was like the missing chapter i guess of like 
you know, like, I guess, quote unquote, um, Rose, like, Jesus years, his, like, journey through the world as a new vampire. And, uh, but apparently this, is, this takes place after his death. But I guess maybe his human death? That's what I was thinking. Okay, there we go. Uh, but, yeah, and I don't, I, I didn't jump into the lyrics. I'm much more about the feel of the song. The feel, the song, maybe. This song, I realized last night, like, this might be song of the year right here. Song of the year? <laughs> yes. I got song night. of the year coming up for you soon, too, baby. <laughs> <laughs> for me, this is just, it's just carried over. It's like, oh, I, I spent, like, two weeks not listening to Jim Steinman and then it's just picked <laughs> up right where I left off. <laughs> yeah, dude, like the soaring vocals from both Will Gould and Hannah Greenwood, like, you know, and on various songs too, like some strong choruses here. And like this chorus was stuck in my head all, all week long, you know, choruses from also like America at Night and Ghosts Over Calvary. Um, the, the Damned and Doomed chorus as well is very strong in my opinion. But uh, and, I, and just this like back and forth of the dual vocals mm-hmm. utilized so well, even more right. so than it was in last year's album. Right. It didn't seem like it was that much back and forth. It yeah. Was, like, in hindsight, there's a lot. There's so much less Hannah Greenwood in in the last album. So I don't know why that did, like that couldn't work. This I feel like this could have fit on the album, but whatever. It's right here. It, it, yeah, the last album was uh, 40 minutes, uh, 40 minutes and 10 seconds. So adding in another 19 minutes, I guess would have hit it right at that, um, you know, hour mark. Do you feel like if we just threw this in there, made this a 25 track album, yeah. a whole well, I mean, one whole 25 track album? Do you think that would have? Um, I mean, you can you can take out the interludes, and that's like two or three minutes. No, dude, like we like we've established, <laughs> those interludes are perfect. <laughs> Look at this! Look at this solo, dude. Oh, yeah, the song is so good. I know, dude. It's got just enough like modern day sensibilities, but like homaging old arena rock, homaging old glam rock, like old like horror punk as well. What a vibe this album is, man! Like this would have this would have passed up Thorns of Love on my top twelve list. Oh, what a good song, Thorns of Love is. I know, and maybe even Napalm Girls as well, most likely. No, well, hey, 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 hey. Let's, let's not <laughs> say things that we're going to find offensive here. I'm just saying, this might be the best song I've heard of the year. It's so good, year. dude. It's so good. <laughs> and a great intro to this EP. Yes. So I was really excited to hear that. And, you know, just let's just keep on going. Yeah. Thematically, too, like, I, I feel like this song, before I dove deep into like Will's interpretation of this song which I guess is canon um, I mean he fucking wrote the song but uh, like I it felt like this was like the story of Rose birth and just like the, that excitement like oh wow like we're we've become like something more than human and now we now we live in the midnight you know like the midnight's just for you and me and oh beautiful but the America at Night is track three the song would have fit in very well on the on the album as well. Yeah, but I like it here. Yeah, and I love these the the, the, the quote unquote noir vibes of this track here. And, and this album perfectly ebbs and flows. We get like a high tempo, upbeat song followed directly by a, kind of a slower ballad type song, and that's pretty much, that's pretty consistent for the entire al- uh, album we got. Now, had you heard the singles before the album came out? 
Oh, did I? I might have heard one of them. Uh, let me pop on over think, to the I Wikipedia Midnight, page. Midnight was the first one. Yeah, it came out in May, looks like. Uh, I might have heard it, but I probably only heard it once and like, okay, that's all I need. I'm sold. Mm -hmm. I can't remember if Dave said anything great about it. I'm not sure. Mm. <clears throat> I think he probably did. Speaking of Creeper, by the way, back in May, they also released um, The Sounds of the Void, which is another EP of uh, covers. Uh, so, it did, you know, like not, 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 yeah, just like three cover songs. It was all right, you know. Just right. kind of gave it a couple, gave it a few listens. Just kind of passed him over. Okay, it's a good chorus right there, Adam. And then, these and then Hannah freaking does the, choruses, dude. She does the second verse. It's like now, now it has the Jim Steinman effect. And yes, go, I did not yeah. pick up on it initially, but there, there it is now. Mm. And it's just funny that like. If Weeks hadn't pointed that out, I would have never taken that dive. Yeah. <laughs> and now, I guess, because you have that, um, I guess, well, you more than me, because I, I wouldn't have jumped into Bad Out of Hell without, you know, you guys negging me. But, uh, but uh, you know, without that um, uh, reference point, like, this hits so much harder now. Now that we have, the, now that, we have that uh, comparison to make. Right. And that's why I posted that article of... Will Gould's favorite power ballads. I was mm. like, oh, well, now we see where his influences all came from. <laughs> Very poignant, yeah. Yes. It's like, wow, four of these ten. Amazing. <laughs> and those are they're like four of the greatest power ballads of all time. Oh, yeah, dude. And we got, and like people who, you know, are all in on Will Gould's music, like, I, he's, I, I'm pretty comfortable with saying, like, his songwriting is up there with some of the best, man. Like I would say so, especially. Yeah. Well, I mean, this early, it's still hard to tell because again, remember, three good albums is still a fluke. Yeah. So, I mean, he's only done like two and a half at this. Point. That's true. Yeah. <laughs> but still, I mean, like that's a his career is still so young. You know, his audience is still kind of niche. You know, to be to be jumping in at like this point where he like. You know, he's giving it his all and he's knocking that out of the park. You know, I mean, Creeper more so than like Salem. Salem's are like, you know, Salem's are the Salem EPs that we listen to have been like, have been like really good companion pieces at least. But, right. you know, the songwriting on those, I don't feel like are as, as strong as like the Creeper stuff. But Welcome um, to Jam, Mike. Welcome oh, jam. one of my favorite songs of the year. We got track four Ghost Over Damn. Calvary, baby. What a great intro. I mean, I. I there's no way they could have like kept this from us. <laughs> I know. I'm surprised this wasn't like released early as well because of how strong it is. Exactly. And this is all Hannah Greenwood singing, and I love it. It's all her. Yeah. If I remember correctly, I don't think Will comes in in this song. So. He's he's a co-writer on it, but yeah, I guess he doesn't have any vocals on it. Interesting. And I feel like you know thematically for this song, this was just kind of like Annabelle telling her story of like how she either became a vampire or how she revels in becoming a vampire it's that chorus right there dude like i've got evil running through my veins like oh that's pretty dope that's I mean, such we, a good chorus oh like these two tracks could have been added on we could have just used two more awesome tracks like that mm. <laughs> i don't know dude like i 
I mean, spoiler alert, I love every second of this EP, and it's probably like, <laughs> it's up there with like Teenage Wrist, like it's like some of the strongest music I've listened to this year. So like, I don't know, dude, like throw it all eight of these tracks and uh, to and intersplice into Sex at the Infinite Void. Give us a one hour epic, you know? As well. I mean, like if they put this one in Midnight, that's like 46 minutes right there yeah. on an incredibly epic album at that yeah, point. Yeah, dude. But whatever. They had their creative reasons for uh. that. <laughs> <laughs> it quote unquote bogs down the message <laughs> overall. I'm whatever. Right. So it might be too good, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're just quote unquote too talented, you know? <laughs> I mean, when you've been around for 85 years, you should know how to yeah, write a good that's, song. That's, that's true, cool. yeah. This is no just this is just the fruits of them as vampires, just just kind of honing their craft, you know. They've written like, oh my god, like 120 albums at this point, and they finally right. got it right. Finally, I mean, they wrote all of Jim Steinman's stuff. They wrote all their stuff. I mean, they probably wrote all of the Misfits stuff, AFI <laughs> yeah. stuff. I mean, like, like Will Wolves been there. Mm-hmm. Everything related to vampires. Yep, <laughs> absolutely. My Chemical Romance. He wrote all those albums. He did. We should have known this whole time. Dude, we finally got it right. That bridge gives me like so much like like I'm clipping Cupid's <laughs> wings. <laughs> Again, one of my favorite moments of that album. As dopey as it is. Very true. Yeah, this is strong. This and this extended strong. chorus, dude, with the guitar solo in the background. Dude, I'm like going crazy with how good this song is, man. Woo! Really, I'm curious of how this would go over live. Like, would, oh. I, would I feel this good, surrounded by a bunch of sweaty, maybe unvaccinated people <laughs> listening to this? I'm not sure. I'm well, not sure Adam, if I'm there yet. When I win the 2021 <laughs> bet, maybe yes. Creeper might be one of the bands that we go check out, man. I might enjoy that. I'm not yes. sure. Yes. We can go masked and go hang out in the back. That's fine. This Either. is track five, another interlude track of The Drowning Room, which in my mind is like, this is just the bathroom like i guess you drown in a tub it's very possible Ooh, it's I an love... indoor indoor pool it's an indoor pool i've accumulated <laughs> a lot of wealth throughout my years as a vampire and i've bought yes. a pool yes so just a little instrumental Nobody's there yeah he's there to find me drowning <laughs> drowning in blood <laughs> This is just a little instrumental interlude, so we'll just kind of let this play out for a few seconds. Again, just kind of... Just just to the guitar bass player. Mm -hmm. Or the guitar player, Ian Miles. We got uh, moving right along now to track six, One of Us. Again, we're kind of moving the tempo back down, uh, slowing it down just a little bit. It works very well. Love that transition. Mm. I think this was a good, like, drop down. Like mm-hmm. the, the pacing, the tempo works well. Works I love well. it, yeah. Especially with how bombastic and big that the previous track was. Oof. Right. So to me, this kind of is a song about like turning other va- turning other people into vampires as well. Kind of Rose journey as to you know. Man, did he did he write the True Blood series as well? I'm sure he did. Yeah. I know. I mean, at least he was a consultant on that. Yeah. Most likely. And if, you, and if you and if you and if you numerically change the values of the of the of the <laughs> the pseudonym and rice and rice, you get Will Gould, dude. It, like it's it fits, dude. 
Whoa. Lestat, bro, it's all there, man. He was right. Was, he was writing his autobiography the entire time. I know. That's very true. Mm-hmm. Man. I mean, it was probably back when he was interviewed by, by Christian Slater. <laughs> he just decided. We exactly. Should, we, should, we should record this. <laughs> No, this I like is, this song a lot. This, I like this song a lot, but I think it's one of the weakest songs for me on this EP. Okay. I feel that way about the next one. Damned and Doomed? Yeah. That's just me. This one works. This one works that way. And I, I, I love the freaking... Oh, by the way, this is a 10 out of 10 track. When I say it's like my least favorite, it's like my... my <laughs> Bottom 10 out of 10 out of all these 10 out of 10s. 9.8. It's a 9.8, right? Oh, we have some more 10 out of 10s. I love the freaking like strings in the background too, dude. Oh, beautiful like utilization of like different like classical instruments. It's so weird on like present day music. I don't pick up on the piano slash keyboard elements as but much as I do when I listen to old 1970s rock opera stuff. Well, I think it was like, a lot more like prevalent back then, you know. That's what I'm thinking. But then when I pay attention to it, I'm like, well, it's just as prevalent at times. But mm. there's just other things I'm looking for. But maybe anyway, just nowadays it kind of gets lost in the mix because I think we expect like more guitars and bass in out of rock and roll albums instead of like synthesizers, you know, synthesizers and keyboards and things like that. Oh, look at those strings, dude! Ah, ah I love this album. So who is this Zandy Berry who created this album with them? Multi-platinum production songwriting duo. Zandy Berry, yeah. He's a producer. He's worked huh? with Miley Cyrus, Rihanna, Britney Spears. I mean, we, we got a winner here. I know. I mean, you got somebody. And, and he also produced uh, Sex, Death, and Infinite Boy, it looks like. So, I mean, yeah, it makes sense. Duh. This was recorded right. last year. Don't eventually bands have to change producers because that's the ebb and flow of their creative process. Mm -hmm. But for now, let's just keep this going. <laughs> yeah, I agree. So we're down now to the final track, quote unquote, Damned and Doomed, kind of leading us out of this quick little story. Um, and hey, yeah, I'm, this, this, this one is like your weakest track, quote unquote. I think so. I know it's kind of a, a closer in a mm -hmm. way. And it has that fine. closer vibe too. I, I, I guess I would have wanted kind of a more a more epic closer, but then again, I'm like, this is just kind of a placeholder till the next incarnation of this band. That's true. Especially with with the outro, it feels like there's something more coming. <laughs> yeah, and at first, you know, listening to that outro, that weird outro that just cuts out and like doesn't mm -hmm. make sense to me. It's like. Wait, is this like a production mistake? Right. It, yeah, but you saying that, it, it definitely does now feel like, oh, there's something coming soon. Yeah. I hope, the intro to the next album or EP is going to, you know, feed us or feed us more with this, uh, the outro teased us here. Right. Hopefully before the end of the year. <laughs> Hopefully, yeah. I'm ready. <laughs> so, nice little um, gentle chorus here. My love, the end is coming soon. So this might be like the death of Ro the Vampire. Right. Maybe that's okay to move on to the next incarnation of this band. Ooh. Let's What's kill what? off the main character. Yeah, dude. 
This is like phase four of the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Once you kill Tony Stark and retire Steve Rogers, like wh where do you go from here, man? Where do you go? I mean, Peter Parker can only carry us so far. That's true. And his contract is up after this next movie in December. So, Dear God. He's going to have to like go to the Yankees and catch COVID, I guess. Yeah, I know. Catch COVID. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, I mean, it, it feels like a little bit of a lull to end an epic-sounding EP that started out so big. Yeah. I mean, I don't hate it, obviously. No, no, it's it's it just leaves you wanting more, right? And I think that's that is another sign of a great album, great EP. Like if it if and and what do you call it? Sex, Death, Infinite Void gave me the same feeling as long as that album was. That was like twice the length of this EP. Like I wanted more as soon as was, as soon as it was over. Like I just. In, in a lot of instances last year, I just went back to the first track and hit play, and um, and, it, and boom, I was listening, listening to it again. And man. right here we got track eight, "Frozen Night." What is this leading up to, man? The next iteration of Row? Oh, maybe I don't. I just don't know anymore. Oh, just don't my make us wait. friends! <laughs> oh, my friends! But I do just love don't. like this. Go ahead. Just don't make us wait three more years for the next, the, the next album. That's all I can say. <laughs> if this was like, um, you know, they just released this as a placeholder, like you said, then I imagine like more stuff is coming soon. Mm -hmm. Like this has to be a deliberate thing, especially with this in with this outro right here. That's just like it sounds like the intro to another album. Right. And this is where the COVID helped because bands maybe not only created an entire new album, but enough material for two to three albums. That's that true. Yeah, that quicker. could that, that could be that could be very well the case. And a band like this, it's like you want to hear that kind of stuff. A mm. band like the Killers, it, we'll, we'll, it's yet to be determined. <laughs> we'll find <laughs> out later. <laughs> so that was it. That was uh, American Noir, the companion piece, I suppose, to Sex, Death and Infinite Void, hour number four album of 2020 adam what are your final thoughts on this now that you've had some time with it i'm just gonna give it a four out of five i know eps don't count in the grand scheme of things but songs sure do count for my best songs of the year so mm. we'll see what joins us you've got uh, quite a collection of great songs on this ep to choose from mm -hmm. as well so i'm yes. excited to hear what uh, ends up on your top 12 for sure, definitively. It's been a little <laughs> bit of a mediocre year so far. But no. Hopefully the going, last quarter of the year um, saves us here. I was going through my, like, I usually pick, or I add my favorite songs to my playlist throughout the year now that I can do that. And I have, like, five songs on there so far. Yeah, I've been, I've been <laughs> especially when we did our mid-year review not too long ago, like, I was kind of looking at my list of favorite songs. I don't really have that many. Mm -hmm. So, no. I have I have six. <laughs> I've got... But I haven't, I haven't added anything from the Teenage Wrist album yet, because I haven't gone back to that. Because that's enti the entire album is your favorite song, right? <laughs> There's at least two on there. Well, yeah, I have more. two written down, but one of them's going to beat out the other one because of the nature of my stupid list. I've got yes. another one from Slowly Slowly. I've got an Evanescent mm. song, and I've got uh, one song from Holding Absence. So. Ooh, okay. And then, and then, and then I have uh, Mark down here from uh, Creeper, the Ghost, Ghost, something, Ghost Cavalry. Yes, and I'm I'm looking forward to what the rest of the year has to offer. I don't know if you if you're going to listen to 
Trash Boat. Have you listened to them at all? Oh, that they one's coming up soon, right? Yeah. Is that yeah, next week? August 13th. The 13th. Oh, okay, cool. So yeah, next week. Yeah. Um, so, um, yeah. I mean, you checked out their music. I yeah, mean, I did. I did like them. Yeah. More so than not. So um, yeah, the first album was better than the second one, but the second one was still pretty good. Okay. They're pretty short overall. So, you know, if you feel like it, go for it. Do you it. feel I like I need be... the lore? <sighs> I don't. <laughs> That great trash boat lore. Am I going to be lost going into the the, the the third part? I don't know. I just don't know. All right. Because they, well, they had a, a sound I wasn't expecting. I know that when I okay. first listened to them. So listening to them enough. But, you know, you have plenty to go through these days. So I guess so. Throw one out. I'll let you know if it's great. Um, well, I mean, the, the only other thing I have for August 13th is uh, If I Die First. Uh, right. that, that EP. So that's going to be super short. So I might as well throw in Trash Boat. You, you you can you always can i might as um, well i mean unless say unless you just can't stop listening to the new chunk album mike the new chunk they're back they're <laughs> before back. we get there yes uh, uh, oh. highly recommended uh, american noir but also go check out sex death and infinite void from 2020 if you haven't already thank you creeper for releasing more new music in 2021 now adam Tell me a little bit more about Gone or the good old days. Were the good old days back when Chunk, no Captain Chunk, used to sing about being best friends in 2013 or whenever that oh, album my came? Beast is from <laughs> Beast Friends for I or was not even those, their song. <laughs> no, no, but uh, were those the good old days for you, Adam, or is this album no. a little bit more what uh, the, the good as old far, days are? As far as I know, this band never had good old days. Oh, no. I think. Get Lost, Find Yourself from 2015. That was like their best one out of six out of ten. <laughs> um, so, you know, not a lot of hype going into this album. And I got to say, there's there, it, it's still a 50-50. And the, the, the six out of 11 songs, 12 songs on here that I enjoyed were were better than I thought they would be. Mm. Better than, than the standard uh, chunk song. Um but yes, that was, that was pretty much all I could give it. The rest of it just kind of sounded like 2013 threw up yeah. itself. Which I guess, so. you know, and, and I, I said it briefly when we talked about our first impressions last week. I mean, like if this was a band that you loved back then for their sound and their vibe, and you're just getting more of that. So like, that, that's cool mm-hmm. for those of you who enjoy it. But, you know, you're right. It picks up right where this band left off for better or for worse. Um, I guess that's I guess that's why the album the album title is like very apt. But um, yes. yeah, I mean, I wasn't expecting too much going into this. I wasn't a big fan mm. of this band going into them as well. Just kind of checked it out because you know you and I checked it out because you know they were a popular band and people were talking about them. So right, um, yeah. I did like True Colors. I liked Painkillers by Brian Fallon and that's also. True. Also, the Painkillers Great album. track by Chunk, um, <laughs> and Tongue Tied was a pretty good song too. I remember. Yeah, it was a good. Cl- um, it was a good closer, and yeah, then the cl- then there was an actual closer. Mm-hmm. I think track two was pretty good. Drift away, mm. um, but yeah, yeah, I mean, it's not something I want to go back to and be excited about. But you know, if the band is enjoying themselves, then more power to you. Yeah, and there's no fluff in this album either. It's just a it's just a straightforward like twelve tracks. Um, pretty fun too. Good 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 vibes good energy um yes but if you're not used and also if you're not used to that french accent it's gonna be distracting <laughs> and it's gonna come in and out it's gonna kind of distract you from the overall um uh, li- 
overall enjoyability of the album, I guess, you know, maybe, which is maybe. a weird thing to say to, you know, to, to, I mean, you got to remember this band didn't know English and then learned English and then created a mildly successful post hardcore band. I mean, yeah. that's something that you and I can't do. That's true. So. And yeah. And I'm not faulting <laughs> them for that. I'm just saying that like, you know, as, as a native English speaker, uh, you know, get out of my country if you don't speak English, by the way. Um, you know, Adam, we sh- really should look into the election. I'm just... I'm right. <laughs> I mean, you just reminded me that I forgot to look look at it again. Today. Yeah, yeah. That, I'll, when I'll we're do done that. with this episode, you and I, we need to get together, get put put together the evidence. <laughs> but no, uh, as a native English speaker, you know, hearing music of this type in, you know, from other native English speakers and then hearing it from a somebody who, who English is their first, second language. Like it's, it's jarring. It's, what, it's just what I'm saying. Like it, 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 mm-hmm. it's noticeable. Right. Well, it's pretty good. Yeah. I, you know, for, for that regard to be able to write full songs and albums in your second language. I mean, that, that's, that, that's all right. That's pretty good. I mean, granted they're not my favorites, but really no. who, who, who is this their favorite band in all reality? Other French people, I imagine. <laughs> Other French people who move to America and listen to a day to remember. Yeah, exactly. So, that's all I can. <laughs> and again, yeah, did, them with. If you if you didn't enjoy the day to remember album um, from earlier this year, and I can't imagine <laughs> anybody did, you know, that's not a very good album. Jeremy uh, I mean, McKinnon loved it. Jeremy I'm McKinnon sure he did. Thought it, thought it was the best album they ever wrote. <laughs> <laughs> oh, is it t- is it time to promote the new album? Oh, better better get out the script. Um, but the, no, I mean, like if you if you didn't enjoy that, like I think you'd probably, you know, like this one a little bit more. This has that. This has a little bit more of that easy core vibe, uh, which you mm-hmm. uh, look for for an album from a band like Data Remember. I know, but at this point, we're we, we need something new from these bands that have been yeah. around for going on ten years. It's like it's time to switch it up a little bit. Other but bands are successful, but whatever. As soon as we talk about them again in our honorable mentions episode later this year, which is I'm sure the next time we're going to talk about them, I'm never going to think about this album ever again. So no, that's kind of where I'm at. I'll be excited when I re-listen to it and remember the songs that I did like. Like, sure. oh yeah, that was a good song. What but a ditty. It'll, it'll be in the middle of my pack. So yeah. That's that's fine. Um, so yeah, that was pretty much it that I had for this week. Slow week, thank goodness, with new releases. You want to go back to the 70s again. I'm all for that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I'm f- I finished up. This is my last, the last one I have on my list for long, old timey albums. Mm-hmm. Um, Forever, right? You're never gonna do another big gigantic. I, every time, again. <laughs> every time I think of an old artist that has a big discography, I'm always like, I, I have no interest in searching them out or learning about their their deep cuts. I think I've reached my my end point on that until someone in discord teams. says something. So, Hey, 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 discord community, go ahead and uh, throw some names, Adam's way. And then see, I have get a hard stick. time. I have a hard time accepting other people knowing more music than me. So it like, puts a little, <laughs> it puts a little thought in my head. Like the person knows more about the band than I do. That band probably has some pretty good songs. I've listened to it and make my own termination. They might be wrong. They might be right. Well, it's the best thing I've ever heard in my entire life, Jim Stein. But, <laughs> and now that you've finally gotten through Catherine Stevens, his final two <laughs> albums under the name, yes. Cat Stevens. Now you'll, now, now you can confidently say that you know more about music than anybody else. At least Cat Stevens. 
Oh, okay. <laughs> at least I can put myself on par with Weeks. Oh, for sure, Cat yeah. Stevens. I don't. I mean, sure, he knows plenty more that I don't. But uh, this was or actually somebody. He? I. This or is somebody he? that that I I desired to listen to more of through the sure, years. Yeah. I knew there was a lot of songs that I liked. So 1977's Izitso, which Izitso. came out after, which came out after the uh, uh, Polygor album Numbers from 1975. Remember the the concept? I remember, album yeah. <laughs> um, where he lost a lot of fans with that album because that seven, first... eight, nine, Adam. Why is <laughs> ten afraid of? <laughs> that was the first of his albums to not chart in the UK since like his second album that oh. bombed. So uh, he took some, I guess, a little bit of time off, and was just like, "All right, guys, I'm going to go ahead and just write write music that y'all want to hear now." Mm-hmm. And I he did pay bills. <laughs> And he wrote some pretty good songs, and this was this was the uh, nostalgia album in a way. No so high concepts of, with this one. No, it's all just kind of cool stuff. There's like two instrumental tracks on here that are really long. One's three minutes, and one's four minutes. So that takes up a big chunk of this 35 minute album. Um, and a, a lot of it is just like you know things were better in the past. And um, there is a song called "I Never Wanted to Be a Star," which is kind of a like, look at how crazy my life has become in the last 10 years. Mm-hmm. And he even like throws in little snippets from, from previous songs oh, to kind of cool. like, to kind of like timestamp, you know, where his life went. Uh, so that's kind of cool the way he did that. Not one of the best songs on the album. Um, and so it's, a, it, it's like, a, what is this out of 10? It was like a six out of 10 total. It might've only been like a five out of 10. Um, so it's, it, it, it's, kind of par for the course at this Mm. point and then um i believe he converted to islam in 1978 this one came out in april of 77 so um in 1978 he owed the record company one more cat stevens album Mm. even though he had already changed his name so this one had to come out under the cat stevens name but it's very much a this is this is my end you know this is the last one i'm going to do and um, let's talk about let's talk about how, how much fun we had and how much fun we didn't have at times. And then the, the final track on the album is like this one's called Back to Earth, by the way, mm-hmm. came out in December, December of 78. And um, yeah, the last track is like, hey, you never know what will happen. I might be back. I might be not. And apparently that, you know, he held out until 2006 before he made like another contemporary album again. So. There's some good songs on there. Uh, there's a good song called New York Times, which is all about how crappy New York is, which is kind of cool. And th- this one throws in a lot of those like disco-y guitar, like, like the, the, the style of the late 70s mm-hmm. at the time. So that's a little off-putting. That definitely dates it quite a bit. Um, so I'm not saying like these are the greatest albums he ever did. This one was also like a, a, a 6 out of 10. So they're kind of... So all the songs are just kind of like thematically like so long thanks for everything kind of yeah more or less so it's it's not in the in the ways that the the sweet spot of albums were so you could tell like he, he was pretty much done with the record industry at this point and he kind of wrote a couple songs about how crappy it was to be in the recording industry and how he was looking for more 
more outlets about where to take him in life. And luckily he spent his entire twenties creating this catalog that he was able to just kind of live on royalties yeah. for the next several cool, decades. You know? I, I kind of yeah. like that, um, that kind of life path, you know, you kind of, I guess not grow cynical, but like you kind of realize like, this isn't really where I want to be. Mm-hmm. And you've, he's created a success for himself where he can just kind of do what he wants to do. And if he, and and what he wanted to do was just kind of be more in touch with his faith. So, you know, that's that's cool that he was able to do that and not just fall into the trap that a lot of even artists that like we listen to nowadays like are just still still kind of like kind of clinging to their fame, and, and it's kind of sad and you can kind of tell, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. So good on him. So he knew it was time to leave, and I mean, he was like done with the recording industry back in after his second album, um, but he still kept on writing music and made some of the greatest songs that he was ever going to make at that point. So, you know, that was just his path in life. So um, I remember watching his behind the music somewhere in the late nineties and hearing about this transition thing. I was like, Whoa, that's surprising. (laughs) I would have never thought that anybody would do that because it's just usually you like convert to Islam, but you keep on doing what you're doing and stay in the public, uh, you know, light consciousness. Yeah but he wanted to avoid all conflict within the religion, right? Not letting, like, not to, not having to fight whether it was okay or not to. Right. Yeah. Music. Yeah. So it was like, and it, you know, and if, and if the industry wasn't making them happy, then like, you know, yeah. good on him for walking away. Uh, now that and you've was, checked out his 11 album discography, which were the ones that you would like highly recommend to people? Oh yeah. Albums three through six without a doubt. Cool. So that was uh, Mo, uh, Mona bone, Jackin, um, T for the Tillerman, Teaser in the Firecat and Catch Bull at Four. Very cool. 19, dude. 1970 through 1972. <laughs> <laughs> wow, what a, what a year, what a what a decade. <laughs> so that's really surprising when you look at that. But yeah, I mean those are like the best albums right there. I say T for the Tillerman and Teaser in the Firecat are gonna end up in my top one hundred albums of all time. Ooh, look at that. Dude. Nice. They're, they're nines out of tens. So I need to figure out where they're where they fit amongst amongst the the others Mm -hmm. um but yes anybody who's interested in just good old folk music that does not sound dated at all um go go for those four albums right there yeah the the definitive cat stevens ranking very good right but if you don't like folk music then maybe then get fucked i don't know (laughs) i know so let's see what else let's do i'm gonna just mention briefly about the uh suicide for a king oh nice Yes, another so they, album they, that they, came out, uh, EP that came out last week. These are friends of ours, friends of the show? Right? Friends of the show, yeah. Are, are they our friends, Vision. Uh, They're from Montreal. Montreal. So this was all right. I was I, I was good with this four tracks. Mm-hmm. I don't know if I would appreciate a full album from this just because it's it's got that, that metalcore, grindcore, somewhat deathcore vibe to it. Yeah, it kind of mixes it up every now and then. Uh, there's, you know, there's like, there's like, um, there's like, what do you call it? Like a grindcore like section, and then it moves on to like a, you know, like a clean verse or, or you know, or clean vocals like chorus or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, but it 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 is not gonna blow you away musically. You know, this is, this is stuff that like we have listened to our entire like twenties and thirties and you know right. uh, the last few years and stuff. But uh, but as far as this EP goes, like some very enjoyable stuff here. Like I still really like that song Misconception. Uh, that was re- that we released uh, or we shared uh, yes. back in October. That was a good song, yeah. definitely. 
So I liked it. Check it out if you like that sort of thing. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody we know likes that kind of music. Right and you can also like check out, you can learn more about the band at the at their website, suicideforaking.com. So I listened to the other Poppy EP that I hadn't listened to yet. Poppy EP. Um, Poppy. Um, it's called Choke. It came out between Am I a Girl and I Disagree. So it was like, as I am, a, am I a girl, like ends on that metal note. Mm-hmm. This was like the bridge to what I disagree was like a full metal album. Mm-hmm. And this is the one that Fever 333 is on. On Scary Mask, yeah. Scary Mask. And I'd already watched the video to that and didn't have any idea what was going on. Very so weird like, video. <laughs> <laughs> like I need to listen to this in the context of the album. And this EP is really good. Um, if you want something in the, uh, in, you know, where, where that eat EP ranges. I really enjoyed this one quite a bit. I know I had, I had watched the video for choke the opening track. I don't know if you've ever come across that video, Mike. I don't know if I've seen that video. I've seen very <laughs> little music videos from Poppy. Okay. I mean, her videos are, are a spectacle. Yeah. Very high concept. Very weird. <laughs> like she's definitely going for shock value in a lot of them. Right. Um, I'm typing choke poppy into YouTube. Oh, no. That's not going to come up. <laughs> turn your so, safe, safe, turn your safe filter I, on. I, what I, if you have your YouTube up, I want you to also type in choke poppy into your YouTube. And just like look at the, the screenshot. The thumbnail? There. Yeah. Right, doing that now. And and see that like that's that's the video right there. Is that that one shot? Now, over okay. the course over so this, the course of the four minutes, this looks it like doesn't an art change. house film that like I've yes. seen, and it gets weird and sexual, and very no. uncomfortable. <laughs> it doesn't get sexual; it gets really uncomfortable. But throughout the entire video, like she's she's, I, I don't remember if she sings the whole song or if she just says "choke," like the parts that that word pops up in in, in the song. But the the colors of the video gradually change throughout Ooh. the four minutes, and so like like her her skin tone changes and her eyes change from like you know normal colors to like yellow, and it's incredibly frightening. And if nice. you want a good like just interesting thing to that's, watch for four minutes, that's my fetish, uh, dude. I know, I know. And then I was reading the YouTube comments and somebody post in there that it takes four minutes to die from strangulation or drowning or something like Ooh, that. Shit. So, it, so she's like, it's like, she's changing colors and like turning more and more dead as the four minutes go on. <laughs> I was just like, since this comes you. out or since this is like between am I a girl and I disagree. Like, so would you say like, did you pick up in any story elements in choke? Like is she I, still kind of like fighting her programming or I, I don't know. I really don't know. I, I think she could be, this could have a, just a death oriented kind of theme. It's like, she's dying in the first one in the second song. She's talking about like being dead and not knowing what to do. And then scary mask is like, you know, I, sc- I wear my scary mask when I'm afraid kind mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and then the Holy Mountain, the final track, is her having this entire, like, and she's telling the story of her meeting God for the first time, which is so cool. <laughs> like, I really like that track a lot. Um, Dude, so I yeah, am I, all <laughs> about how you are just, like, all over Poppy's music and the story and the lore of Poppy. It's like, I, dude, I'm all about right. how, like, you're, you're into this. <laughs> I'm, 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 I'm fangirling out on this. Exactly. Really dude. creepy, death-oriented 
I don't know if it's healthy sort of way. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but it doesn't like, I disagree the, the full album doesn't seem to follow that so well, at least eat seemed like a really fun EP. Yeah. You know, and I'm, I'm very excited to see where the next album takes us. Lux. But, yeah, yeah. Which we saw the uh, music video and the, the new single, I guess the, the announcement of music video for a few weeks ago. Uh, share it to us on our Discord. Hey, by the way, folks, go check out our Discord channel. I think you have a good time there. It was Iris's favorite video of the week. She told yeah. me. I can't. She wait. watched the entire five minutes. She watched on my phone with me and was just like laughing at all the little <laughs> cartoon characters. And I was just like, "You have no idea what, how much shrooming is going on in this exactly, video." Exactly, <laughs> dude. And, that, and that's and, when you sat her down and like explained Poppy lore mm-hmm. to her and like how she had to right. fight her programming and stuff like that. Right, I did, and, and Iris got it. Luckily, she's she's very. Now smart she's child. a huge fan. Yeah, very good. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that was fun. I, I, I enjoyed. I mean, it's like fifteen minutes. It, it flies yeah. right by. So it's all good. And I, I, I'm nervous to see where this takes me uh, into the next album. Yeah, I'm now like super excited for Flux coming out in September. So yeah, dude, I'm I'm right there with you. I'm, I am now okay. a Poppy Stan. <laughs> whatever that means and you mentioned last week the band a story shane told Is that a story called? that shane told yeah <laughs> and, uh their shane told's new album american made uh right. yeah this was recommended in our discord uh like we mentioned uh thomas shared this with us when we were talking about new releases a couple fridays ago and uh this was a an, an unexpected gem seemed to go over well uh, for the people who checked it out on Discord, and yeah. uh, I, I liked it too. It was a nice little. It was pretty good. Pop punk kind of easy coreish type of album, you know, a, a, I, a genre that I'm not, you know, a big fan of most of the time. But um, I, I don't know how to describe it. It didn't sound very easy core esque. It, it was almost like very Johnny Craig vibe, mm. like a little bit more hip hoppy at times. But he has a very Johnny Craig feel. Yes, he's got he's got a soaring voice. Whoever this uh, lead singer is, I don't know too Alex, much about Alex Cheney. Oh, okay, that sounds very familiar. Dick Cheney. Okay, <laughs> was that Bugs? No, that's Alex Denny. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Don't, don't say names. <laughs> Bugs' brother is the lead singer of a story told. Yes. So I I thought this was cool. I. I think I gave it like a seven out of 11 total. Mm-hmm. It wasn't or seven out of 12. Um, so, you know, not like the greatest album of the year, but definitely uh, some, some high points in there. Yeah. I, I think once I have a better, you know, if, if I continue to listen to this, I think I could probably squeeze out like uh, a favorite song of the year. Yeah, in my opinion, there's some pretty good choruses in this, in this album as a whole. And, you know, it, it, it was an unexpected gem and I do kind of like diving into unknown albums every now and then, mm-hmm. and, you know, and, and, and getting something that I wasn't expecting. They have two previous albums from 16 and 17 that I don't think I'm going to jump back into. Yeah. I didn't uh, like, I like this album American made, but I didn't like it enough to want to like dive into their discography just yet. Mm-hmm. I think the track 92, I did like that one, mm-hmm. but that was, my favorite one so yeah i appreciate uh the recommendation on that yes thank you for that discord community and i think that's everything so this week i know you're going to talk about mr turner very soon but i'm jumping into his other side projects what he's got more <laughs> from, from years from years past his, his oh, post-hardcore yeah. band that's right he had a post-hardcore band yeah his post-hardcore band called million dead that had a 
two albums in 03 and 05. I don't know if this is going to be an album many of us are going to like. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> when I'm listening to him, like some of us were 22 years old once, weren't we? And we thought <laughs> our music was the greatest thing ever. Right. I mean, and we're so used to his vocals being the forefront where this is obviously like they made it to be a band. And so his vocals are kind of within the music mm-hmm. and it's, it's all post hardcore sound. And I, I, yeah, it's, it's not, the greatest type of thing I've heard so far. Um, so I don't know if that's going to be a big winner for, for you. If you ever jump into that one. Um, well, not if, not if you don't recommend it. <laughs> so I'm not there yet. I'm only what five listens in at this point. And I'm just I think you got a good grasp too, on it but... now. <laughs> and then in 2014, he did a, another side project with a band called mongrel horde. Did you look up that one at all? No, dude. I, I, I'm, okay. I'm still not done with his solo stuff. So okay. <laughs> I'm not even like, uh, you know, going, I'm not even, I haven't even considered checking out like his older stuff. But if you're saying his post hardcore so, band isn't very good, then I don't know. Well, this I, one, this is hardcore punk um, and post hardcore elements. Um, so obviously, huge jump in the production value from 2003 to 2014. And now obviously he's got more money to spend on that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's got the guitar player and the drummer from Million Dead. So it's almost like they got back together to make this very aggressive hardcore album that I've only listened to once so far. Uh, so I'm, I'll let you know next week how that goes. So that's been really interesting. But <laughs> since I can't get enough of the solo stuff, I was like, I need to just keep listening to this guy. And I want to hear everything. And so I'm doing it. <laughs> very cool. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, that, so let, let us know what, uh, what you what you think of those as soon as you're done uh, okay. you know, uh, diving into them. Yeah. So I think, yeah, I think the drummer from, from million dead and then like his like touring guitar player that's on his solo stuff. Like they just made this post hardcore outlet, which is like, just, just exactly what you would expect from a British hardcore band that, still hates everything and wants to be punk at times. Mm. And so, but, and, but his vocals are like the forefront this time around. So it's just like all of this aggressive punk oriented kind of things, but I've only listened to it once. So it sounds intriguing, but now I'm like yes. nervous about it. And there's one song on there called, um, just a second here. Uh, Winky face, the mark of a moron. Um, and it's, there's like a minute, and a half of silence before mm-hmm. it kicks in. <laughs> and so I was like listening to it like, oh, my, my, my YouTube link isn't working. So I like jumped ahead and it was like, ah, out of nowhere. It just like, <laughs> like comes in. Um, so that was kind of cool. And like the very end of the song, he's, he basically is talking that anybody who can only speak through using emojis is obviously the lowest form of life. So <laughs> it's, it's got that feel to it. A little mm, bit. Okay. <laughs> But anyway, you know I much young people. What I enjoy more are his solo albums, Mike. Yeah. So please bring me up to speed on where you're at. All right. So yeah, apologies that I dropped uh, or seven. just neglected to talk about like um, tape deck heart and positive songs for negative and people. England, England, keep my bones. Oh, I, I forgot that one too. Okay, well, then really yes. quick, that one's really good. <laughs> so it's, yeah, it's that, great. that one might. That one might be my favorite of this after Ooh. subsequent numerous listens. Like that one, 
besides No Man's Land, which I think is going to probably win out over all of these. Oh. Um, but as for the older ones, I think England Keep My Bones is going to be there. And then I found out when I was looking at his Facebook page in 2012, he played at the opening ceremonies of the Olympics when they were in London. Really? And I, I watched that entire opening ceremonies. I don't, I don't, I, and I remember seeing musicians playing. I had no idea that that was going to be somebody that I was going to fall in love with, you know, nine years later. Very but cool, he, dude. But he's playing, I still believe from this album. Oh, uh, that's and a it's good such song. a good song. Oh my God. Yeah. And, same with English Curse. Did you like English Curse, Mike? That's I, the acapella one. Yeah, I love every fucking <laughs> second of this fucking album. I, I don't, and that's what I'm saying. Like, um, I don't know what else to say that you haven't already said because <laughs> it's great. And right. he's in, in already at this point, like he's already like one of my favorite songwriters. And I'm mm-hmm. um, what four albums in now? At least mm-hmm. as far as like England Keep My Bones. Fuck, it's so Glory. good. Glory, hallelujah. Michael. Glory, hallelujah. What a great <laughs> fucking ending track. And like mm. it and like it bookends so well with eulogy, dude. Mm-hmm. What the fuck? What the Where, fuck? English I, curse is so good. I am disappeared is one of my favorites. Rivers, I still believe. I, I mean, the, I, I think Wessex Boy. That's the only one where I'm just like, eh, this one's a little too i don't know pop the nose or something <laughs> yeah it's a, it's kind of on the nose but fuck you adam the song's great <laughs> <laughs> so i'm really happy you enjoyed that one because i've been sitting here for like how long three four weeks waiting sure. for your yeah, for yeah. your review of that one like <laughs> i really hope he likes this because i really do <laughs> yeah yeah um uh, well yeah moving forward now tape deck heart you know it's still a great album not as great um, just because it's not as great as england england keep my bones doesn't mean it's not a great on its own merits um you know kind of tell a little me, slower oh go ahead telltale signs mike telltale signs telltale signs is right in the middle there it's a i i love that track dude like i, I this is uh, this <laughs> he, is gonna be he, a very boring com- review of four <laughs> albums because like I'm literally, I'm literally just gonna be like I love it I love it I love it. I don't know where the I don't know where I'm supposed to not like it I know I know did you listen to the bonus tracks no um so okay. I, I'm gonna maybe just kind of jump into those as soon as I'm done with this whole okay. discography it's um, definitely but- like tattoos is a really fun song and cowboy chords is a really incredible song so 18 I tracks I'm reading here is a mm-hmm. deluxe edition whoo Right. And yeah, Telltale Signs is the track where he's talking about, you know, God damn it, Amy. And then he shifts it into discussing his own issues with self-abuse. And it is the most perfectly artistic way of doing that. And it fucking kills me every time. (laughs) I'm just like, wow, I didn't like I hate songs about self-abuse, but I'm like crying my eyes out over this. It's Mm. so like yeah what a powerful song dude Mm -hmm. oh love this album uh moving on positive songs for negative people yes most boring freaking review ever this song this album's (laughs) great (laughs) i love every second of it and this is the one where it starts to lose me a little bit yeah tonally it's a little different right so i mean it's so you're you're missing that kind of more upbeat more um I guess it's I, like, not I'll, as dour, that's for sure. No, it definitely no. Is posit- Even Silent Key, oddly enough, is a positive song. <laughs> right, yeah. And it's <laughs> oh so my God. good. What a great track that is, man. And yeah, so it is kind of missing that more up, up 
up-tempo kind of punk feel mm-hmm. with the, at this point. But, like, it, I guess I kind of expected it, right? I, 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 yeah. I wasn't expecting, I like, like, jumping into, like, album one how... Or I guess album two is where I started. But, like, I, I wasn't expecting it to be, like, th- that punk leaning so mm-hmm. to, to for, for it to evolve into this or devolve depending on how you look at it like it's, it's perfectly fine and I, I think all of the signs were pointing that like you'd be a little bit more pop oriented at this point mm-hmm. like it's okay like you're you're allowed to do that at this point You've yeah and, it, and the strength of these songs all come from the songwriting and the storytelling and like the the, the power and picturesque nature of all the songs too and mm-hmm. at this point like any any still has just like with Brian Fallon, like he still has that very evocative, powerful, sometimes it's almost blunt, maybe to a fault, right? The, with their lyrical content, but like, it's still so good and it sticks with you. And like, you're singing these songs long after the album is over. Oh, mm-hmm. silent so key. I mean, like I, I can, I can put that song into low points, <laughs> And just like start start singing about uh, Krista McAuliffe seeing the O-rings malfunction, mm-hmm. and I'm just like, wow, my life is okay, you know? <laughs> right? Because <laughs> right. I'm not in the cockpit of the Challenger when it exploded. <laughs> like, like I just like it sits with me so well. Mm. Um, oh god! And then um, Josephine, obviously, you get, you get some some Rosemary vibes on that one. Yeah, I still love it though. I think so good. Let's see that. This is from 2015. Brian Fallon did it in March of 2016. So technically this came first. Yeah, I guess I guess we have to now like see Brian Fallon as the hack fraud he is. <laughs> Stealing works from other artists. How dare you, Brian Fallon? No, so, this, this, this is just this is just good. As 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 high praise we give Brian Fallon, this is like on par with um the like everything we love about Brian Fallon too like the like the like the singable choruses the the great stories the great perspectives the 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 just the fun nature of the music while the content is so can be so heart-wrenching and just eat away at your guts sometimes with how how strong the songwriting is and and these are the positive albums yeah this is the positive stuff in in no man's land it's you know 11 tragic stories Mm -hmm. that will take you in many different directions but Mm -hmm. um but yeah it was nice to to shift it up a little here Um, right but on on be more kind obviously three years later 2018 Mm -hmm. this is not my favorite album this is like a six out of 13 sure and going into this one like or finishing up this one like i can tell why uh this one wasn't your favorite but mm-hmm. uh you know it's 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 a brian fallon painkillers type of thing where it's just like well on like subsequent like you know pulling pulling back out with all of his work right like i can see why painkillers would be like someone's like least favorite of his solo work right so uh, same thing with this like there's the songs here are still strong um they still have that 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 frank turner um formula but uh like they're I, I i wouldn't not listen to this album right no everybody has to listen to this album that's for right sure. yeah it's, it's uh, still in 21st very good. century 21st century survival blues is one of the best songs he's absolutely it is yeah <laughs> that song is so good um and, and i do love like this the this the i guess 
almost smarminess of the track uh, "Make America Great Again." Like, <laughs> great track, right? It's so yeah. I know. I, I told you about that one a yeah. few weeks back, and you were just like, "Wait, what?" <laughs> oh my god, what? <laughs> and I was like, "No, Mike, you'll understand." Okay, you? yeah. Now I understand. Yeah, so it's a great track, uh, knowing the context of the lyrical content. Going to Coles. So, going to Coles. Um, so, I hope you're ready for No Man's Land. Cause Man, you've been hyping it up, baby. So, you know, I'm ready to. I'm ready to jump into it. Like, I yeah, love I mean, the idea behind the the album too. Yes. So, I'm really, I'm, I'm ready to just like dive into these stories and to mm-hmm. learn about. Yeah, read read all the Wikipedia articles on all of these subjects. Right. Yeah. Um, they're it's really really interesting. And then like not only a great stories but like the songs are so good <laughs> on mm. top of that but you know if you need to skip over acoustic silent key i would understand um but it's it's still good why because it's I, different why would i <laughs> skip over one of the best songs i've already heard already and now it's acoustic why would i skip that i know what's he, wrong with you he, he makes it a little bit different because he he sings the the bridge on there instead of the female voice okay i mean that kind of takes away from it but yeah so it's a little bit different on that side of things but man some some really good i I have to put this album i have to take breaks from this one because like i get so sucked into it at this point yeah Yeah. this whole week i've just been going back through them all and just being like oh yeah mike never mentioned these and maybe i should go back and see where i stand in all of them i was listening to some of his music at the gym which is sometimes not a good thing to do <laughs> but uh right. anyway yeah i was just listening to it and i realized like oh i haven't talked about this on the show yet yeah but, uh, so i'm glad we got to so i hope you have a good time with this one despite mm-hmm. the sadness and you know just jumping in i'm not even listening to no man's land yet like i'm so excited for 2022 like he's got uh yeah uh, fthc coming out in 2022 right. which in it's my mind released. means frank turner hardcore so um, <laughs> we'll, we'll get ready for that hardcore <laughs> punk album we've all been waiting for yes i was wondering what hc stood for because on the the cover for england keep my bones it says fthc oh. so i thought it was just like like uh headquarters uh, no that wouldn't be right that'd be hq yeah so <laughs> i'm not sure head headquarters is the english pronunciation. <laughs> yeah carters <laughs> um all right i think we're caught up on that side of things so finally happy. finally we can end the show right we're done <laughs> we're done we're done okay. except for the 90s no, oh damn it oh. the early, well, i think i'm in the 2000s now dude the early 2000s exactly. yeah so i i i can understand where you were telling me about uh before these crowded streets you know i i can I can see where you're coming from on that. I feel like it's just an album that you, that maybe you just had to hear at the time and be in the right, in the same mindset. I mean, that album only went to number one and was nominated for a Grammy. So I might be the only one that like, so obviously it, so. I don't get it. Right. <laughs> I might be the only one that appreciated that album. <laughs> yeah. So according to the timeline, you told me right after that one, they went okay. into writing this is Dave Matthews Band, by the way. Uh, they're writing what's known as the Lily White Sessions, which got subsequently yes. leaked online. Thank you, Napster. Um, yes. But um, they went ahead and re-recorded those for the 20, 2002 album, Busted Things. Things that have been busted <laughs> and be put into the bin. Now, this is Busted Stuff. Um, obviously, sure. I really enjoyed um, uh, Every Day. There was a lot, of, uh, you yes. know. I, I feel like the restraint that they 
you know, whether or not that was a conscious effort to like kind of restrain back a little bit more mm. of the jam bandy stuff. Well, the, they apparently wrote that album in 10 days. Like after every day they scrapped after they scrapped the busted stuffs oh. stuff, like Dave and Glenn Ballard wrote all of every day within 10 days. And the rest of the band was like, okay. And that caused all sorts of tension as well mm, until they okay. finally accepted it. And it was like their biggest album of their career at that point, I think. Yeah. So. From what I'm reading too, it was very successful for them too. a lot of big mm-hmm. hits, uh, big singles came, came from every day. Um, right. So yeah, now we're here at busted stuff. Uh, yes. And uh, I, 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 I like this one a little less than every day. Um, I can this. Go ahead. Yeah. Oh, th- this one for me always like this felt like them at their core, like, like, Everything before and after was, I don't know. I don't know how to put it. Like, this just feels like them at their realist. I can see what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Without the refinement of every day, Mm -hmm. this kind of feels like a greatest hits of the the first three album without the fluff. It it doesn't have like the the kind of overindulgence that um, that I felt like the first three albums had. Uh, Mm -hmm. But again, you know that's the nature of jam bands blah blah blah. i'm not familiar with that genre but um but yeah without without the fluff without the kind of like the over excessive like seven right. minute tracks that have like four minute like saxophone solos right. mixed in with like a you know mixed in with like a bongo or whatever and which is which is cool <laughs> not for four minutes though right bartender bartender is the only one and you don't have to listen to the entire eight and a half minutes of that one yeah <laughs> but at that point it was just like you know that the album is ending so i'm like okay we're jamming it out right we're just kind of just right. just e- easing easing ourselves out of this album and it's like 54 minutes which is not a long uh-huh. album but it's still it i didn't feel its length listening to this okay. one you know the, uh, the the songs are a lot are, are still really good mm-hmm. gray street i thought was like one of the best songs they ever did which that is a really single good. and i did not yeah. recognize that one uh, i recognized right. um where are you going where are you that going was a really big single that okay. was big sing- yeah that was in the uh what, what what adam sandler movie did he do with winona Ryder? i cannot remember mr d that's yeah where are okay. you going was in the mr deeds soundtrack <laughs> oh, nice <laughs> and like then that was like one of the new that was like the only new song that they added that wasn't in the lily white sessions oh, okay so everything else was lily light lily white-esque but you know the the stuff on lily white was uh like the the vocals weren't done yet so when you listen to that it's just dave kind of going just like making <laughs> making sounds that would eventually turn into lyrics <laughs> right and the songs are like a little bit longer and and non-refined obviously but uh was it big-eyed fish no raven yeah that's the one hand is bleeding while the other hand holds the gun song mm-hmm. right yeah that song, song has no that, yeah that song's really good but the lily white version it's it's all uh it, there's no lyrics it's just like humbe damper but nothing more than like it's all like that so i'm like maybe mike doesn't need to listen to this i'm version. so fascinated <laughs> by that kind of writing style just like right. just kind of jam it out with my voice and i'll put in words later pretty much and that's why when it got leaked you could tell why Dave was just like, uh oh. Oh, yeah. I'd be I didn't want people too. to hear that. Yeah. <laughs> it's, like, oh. <laughs> it's like, like I wasn't done with this yet. Here it is in this famous museum, and everybody's looking at it and judging it. <laughs> nice. Yeah. 
<laughs> so um, for me, this is an eight out of an 11 album. So not like their greatest, but still some of like the, them at their purest, I think. So um, yeah, for you, you thought it was pretty good, a good way to kind of end your, your Dave Matthews journey. Yeah. It just gave me a good idea of this band that I, you know, again, just completely glossed over and never really gave this band second thought or, you know, I never really looked, I never looked too deeply into their music or wanted to or anything like that. But like now that I have like a good understanding of them and that genre, like I'm, I'm pretty impressed. Like they're, they're, they're talented, like they're legit talented musicians, you know, right. the, my criticisms with like the over excessive songs is just, just you know, my line. personal taste. So it's, you know, right. it, it could vary from people to, uh, for people, depending on what you want out of music. But um, yeah, but eventually they not learned, but eventually they kind of went a little bit more restrained. And I feel like mm-hmm. that was for the best and for the Which... betterment of their songwriting. Which is very surprising since before these crowded streets was such a big hit for them. Mm. And again, Gra- Grammy nominated. Um, so what do back I, when know, I right? thought <laughs> back, back when I thought the Grammys were legitimate back in 98. Oh, <laughs> so, right, yeah. Um, but yeah, like they just consciously made that effort. Um, so for me, it was like I had joined that, that band, John Doe Jersey in 2002, and they were all Counting Crows and Dave Matthews. But I joined right before Busted Stuff came out. So all I would all I would hear was how like hard candy was 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 pop crap and every day was pop crap and these guys were just like man these bands are so much better in the past man and then like busted stuff hit while I was in the band and that like just totally rejuvenated their love of Dave Matthews so like there was a lot of bonding in that band over busted stuff mm-hmm. I remember so I like that. right here at the forty seven minute mark when he goes <laughs> oh but be dapping that really really stuck with me dude. Right. Now there are three tracks on the Lily White sessions that I do recommend you you seek out. Okay. Um, one is called JTR, which is a really really good song, and another one is called Sweet Up and Down, which is like the, you know they're both in the five minute range, so they kind of have some long elements to mm-hmm. them. And again, it's it's unedited for the most part too, um, and. Yeah, like if you want to check out those ones, I think you won't be disappointed if you merged those two tracks into your Busted Stuff uh, album. They, they would fit really well, and I don't know why they didn't use them except to make the album not be over an hour long. Okay, well, I will definitely check that out uh, as well. Because then Dave released his solo album in 2003 called Some Devil, which is a bad album. <laughs> I don't oh, recommend no. that at all. Like I remember trying and trying and trying to like it back in 2003 and just like not feeling it at all. And I re-listened to it earlier this year, I think. And it's just like, oh man, this is bad. So I, I don't recommend that one at all. There's like one good song called Gravedigger. And then we were all hyped for 2005 when American Baby, no, uh, Stand Up was going to come out. And I remember like that was right when I graduated from uh, grad school. So like we were always like, yes, and that album is really not that good. So I, I, I remember this very iconic um, uh, album art here. Mm, I remember seeing that like on posters and music stores. I remember just wow. seeing this album art on the shelf all the time. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's it's bad. It's only oh, got no. a couple of a couple of good tracks on there. So um, American Baby, I almost said that. 
that was the name of the album. That's like one of the good songs, but there's maybe only like, geez, four of the 14 here that I would recommend people to. Mm. So that's why I was saying might go ahead and stop here. Um, but then um, Big Whiskey and the Gru Cut. can never say it right. Gru Grux King. So this one was came out in Gru 2009. Grux Clan? Is that what you're King. trying to say? Gru Grux Clan. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> yes. Um, you got me this one in 2009. I don't know if you remember uh, finding this album for me and handing it over to me with your mm. Best Buy and iTunes. And this one, like I listened to at the time and was not too big of a fan of, but in as the years went by, it's it's grown on me. This is not a bad album right here. If you okay. feel like you need more Dave Matthews in your life, they kind of go back to their good stuff. I know it's still pretty long. 56 minutes range so but still the songs are a lot better overall and then away from the world in 2012 was one of the worst albums of that year yikes don't recommend it at all i reviewed that way back in the early days of the podcast so no need to go back and then um come tomorrow 2018 i listened to that one last year or earlier this year that was all right i was surprised it was like a a 10 out of 14 i like the album art of that very tim burton-esque and so uh, the, the sax player died in 2008, I believe. And so they just kind of had a revolving door of musicians. And like they, they've made the band gradually larger and larger with the keyboards and more horns and all that stuff because they can. And, um, and then Boyd Tinsley, the violinist, got kicked out in 2018 during the whole Me Too movement. Um, somebody made allegations against him. So there was that. Oh, that jolly looking <laughs> violin player. Mm-hmm. Yeah, oh, no. it was a it was a, a, a male, like a twenty one year old young man who made sexual abuse allegations. Oh, when he was younger. Oh shit. No, 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 no. Like during that time, like. Oh, okay. So, so he I, wasn't like, like that. He wasn't younger than that. Okay. Right, right. He was an adult at the time, but apparently. What he said was that Boy Tinsley was saying, like, if you got to do this kind of stuff, if you want to make it in the industry. So, you know, oh, fuck. so who knows what's true? It's all been settled out of court. I, and I mean, Boyd denied the allegations, obviously, all the time, but the band did not invite him back since. So that's kind of upsetting when you listen to the, the, the violining of the albums. You're like, oh, man, <laughs> why did it have to end that way? All art is tainted. We all know it. I know. So yeah, uh, the sax player, Leroy Moore, he died in 2008. So every album since then, obviously, is just with... Like, they brought in three new, you know, horns players to fill that void. <laughs> so that was interesting. So there is Dave Matthews in a nutshell. I'm glad you listened to it just because I needed another perspective um, other than just what Dave and Dan, Danny, Dan, Dan, Dan the man, Leonard... Mm-hmm. What, what he felt. I needed more. I needed more, more opinions that I trust yes. to give me a full rounded view to find out maybe I'm in the minority. <laughs> no, I can definitely see why you gravitated toward this band and, and, and really just on a straight up talent um, uh, showcase. Like, man, what a talented group of musicians here. Like everybody mm-hmm. has a part to play. Everybody shines in uh, for the most part in most in, in pretty much all the albums I listen to. Like, you know, uh, and even like early on, like I was not expecting Dave Matthews to be such a great, like 
and varied vocalist too. Like the homeboy can scream, mm. dude. I know. Like, I you know, know, some of that screaming may turn into like nonsensical, almost hilarious, mm. unintentionally hilarious, like jargon, but like <laughs> the talent is there, dude. Like it's, 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 if you just kind of judge it on that merit, like you're going to find some stuff you're going to enjoy. So very good. Definitely. So give uh, before these crowded streets, some more listens when you have, you know, nothing else going on around you and you can just chill out for, 60 minutes or so skip <laughs> skip over it uh stay I hate okay <laughs> no problem <laughs> so tell me about birds of p-r-a-y birds of pride so you know what let's get this out of the way right away the lyrical spiritual themes full force dude full force in this one they're kind of there it's <laughs> positive it's all hope. it, core. it is it's very positive hope <laughs> core but in that like um christianity but we're not christianity kind of like the peanuts gang kind of thing i guess so right where I mean, it's like i mean uh, yeah or the peanuts gang is like it's very clearly like christian <laughs> i'm like moving themed. in i'm moving in a direction that i don't know if everybody's gonna follow me into but yeah and reading <laughs> you know the wikipedia page on birds of prey this is live by the way uh 2003 um yes. they and like reading all of the strife between like the band Oh it's kind of like, yes. oh my gosh, this is like this, all the tensions and, you know, all the disagreements between, and it's all, and it's all based around the lyrics and the songwriting and it's right. crazy now, did how you, that, that, that citation in the Wikipedia article, uh, number which one? two, number two, um, what we got here? We got the Chad Taylor posts a comprehensive live recording history blog. Ooh, I did not, um, I did not read that feel. It's really, really long, but if you want all the details of how Chad Taylor basically like went on this huge downward spiral from 2001 to 2010 when Ed finally left the band. It's all there. This and is, I re- this is from all things, Chad Taylor dot blogspot dot com from 2010. Yes. So what he does is like, he gives brief synopsis of every single recording that they did together. And then when he gets to V he, he cuts and pastes from the book that he was writing about how terrible that experience was. Ooh. And then and then he comes back and he's like, oh, Birds of Prey, yeah, there were some really good songs on there. And we almost, you know, we, we didn't get along certain parts, but whatever. <laughs> but V was the was the big one. So I, I reread that this week for the second time. Wow. So if you want and if you want to know anything about that, I'll let you know. But let's stay focused. <laughs> right. This. Because now where the band is like they're in a good place. And, you know, he, Chad Taylor even felt that heaven was like a really good song. He just didn't think it was a live song. So that's why he had real problems. Yeah. So, you know, prior to this, the previous one, two, three, four, five, uh, I guess technically five albums that I listened to for, for live, they always have amazing uh, intro tracks or amazing opening tracks. And, you know, this one with heaven, uh, I guess, like you just mentioned, it's a it's a it's a fine track, but I did feel like this was a different band. Like this, like this didn't fit the the, the vibe, I guess, um, that the live had established up to this point. You know, say for like Secret Samadhi, which did, or I'm sorry, the Distance to Here, which had like the 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 strong Christian undertones <laughs> underneath <laughs> it. Um, but yes. um, but uh, so lyrical, spiritual themes. Very strong uh, aside, uh, I think Runaway is a great track. It's a, mm. it's a little bit of a left turn for the band, I feel like, but mm-hmm. which according to this is, is was a single, but um, I, I, I felt right. like that was like I the, think it was, 
What's single that? number two. I think it was the second single. Oh, okay. Because uh, Heaven uh, was the first one, and I, I remember being very conflicted about Heaven, especially coming out of the mm. now. 18 years later, I can finally say, okay, I'm, I'm good with heaven. I can like, that's a, that's a fine song. Mm-hmm. It's got that soaring kind of guitar in there. And the lyrics are super positive. His voice is killing it, you know, I, and but I love that. I, guitar you know, I feel like his vocal performance was not as strong in this one. Still strong, wow. but not like as strong. Like he, like he can soar, uh, Mr. Mm-hmm. Kowalczyk there, Edward Kowalczyk, like, he, like he like he has some soaring stuff, but I don't know. I, I feel like it was a little lacking in this one. Okay, so Runaway and any other standouts? Because for me, this is a lot of standouts. Uh, I did like Sweet Release as well. Yeah, I think that was a pretty good pretty good track. Um, what we were fighting for, I thought that was a I thought that was a good uh, out, um, closing track as well. Um, I mean, it, it is a little, you know. I mean, on it's the 2003. Nose. Yeah, yeah it was, it's on the it nose. what we were expecting in 2003. We needed that in 2003, I guess is what I'm trying to say. But, um, and I'll, uh, I'll, talk about, I'll talk about V in a second here, but yes. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, but, you know, those were the standout tracks for me. Those are the ones I remember the most. Um, but other than that, look, it, it, it's one. She, the track two, I felt like that was like a huge standout track. Like that's a big chorus on there. That's a good. That's that's a good song. But initially, I I wondered if that was a good song because I didn't like Heaven as much. You know, I I, I was used to being like, oh wow, what a great opening track from this <laughs> band I never paid attention to from this album I never heard of, and then mm-hmm. Heaven comes on. I'm like, oh okay, well we're so we're starting uh, here, huh? All right. Okay, and she felt like it was not going to take that direction <laughs> right yeah so it's definitely like okay okay now we're now i'm getting uh I, now i'm getting kind of mixed signals here like what mm-hmm. where are we going with this album so oh yeah and then like i do is incredibly heavy yeah it's a it's good like song that, yeah. it's got that like th- that uh delay in the beginning on the guitar that and i'm just like oh man that song kicks me in the ass and then i love great arena rock in that one i love lighthouse and rivertown and out to dry and just the whole, you know, tracks nine through 13. I, I did like the second half a lot more than the first half, mm-hmm. um, which is. No, no, it's not on par. No, you know what? No, forget, forget I mentioned anything. Yeah. So the, the second half, <laughs> I feel like is a lot stronger than the, than, than the first half, which is, which is a good way to, you know, end your right. strong album. So, so, and, but yes, any other, any other feelings about it? Uh, well, those are my favorites. Uh, okay. I mean, I was reading some of the reception here uh, from other professional reviewers here, and I, I can get where reviews. a lot of them are coming from, especially with the negative stuff. The you know describing the lyrics as self righteous and unint—I didn't think they were unintentionally humorous. Uh, I think that's I think that's going a little too far. Um, yeah, that's weird. <laughs> yeah, the, the, I can get I, I get where that. the self righteousness comes from. Um, mm-hmm. It does kind of at times it does kind of feel like. Uh, I, I, I don't know. It it, it kind of just steps over the line of being like, you know, this is where I'm, this is where I'm at in my life mm-hmm. to like, this is the way it should be, which maybe in a post nine 11 world, like maybe that's just kind of the attitudes at the time. Maybe, I don't know. Mm-hmm. So maybe, maybe, so I just kind of felt like that a little bit. So, you know, I'm not, I'm not down on this album. Like it looks like mm-hmm. a lot of people are, um, 
uh, again, it, it, it very heavy spiritual themes, but um, but it wasn't. It, it's it's so positive. And it the is. hooks and the choruses are so big. After what we went through with V, this was <laughs> such a huge breath of fresh I air. I no thinking... idea what you're talking about. Because <laughs> <laughs> so you know, obviously Cameron and I bonded over live in 2000 when we were forming our initial phases of our band, and, and distance to here was like one of the biggest things we had ever heard. And so when we found out that V was coming, we were just like, "Yeah, baby, um, this is going to be great." And then we're like, "Oh, they seem to be changing things up a little bit with this first single," um, and. This was the first time I was angry about an album not being what I wanted it to be. Mm. You know, I was all of my, this came out September 18th of 2001. So, you know, you can, you can read about the history of why this happened. Apparently they had, like Ed was just on this huge creative spree after distance to hear wrote like 30, 40 songs that they were all super excited about. And they were like, let's just, bundle a bunch of them together and give them away for free somewhere in the beginning of 2000. And then the record company was like, well, we don't think so. What we're going to do <laughs> is, is sit on this and then rebrand you guys and bring in all of these other outside elements to work with all of this and kind of like they had a whole different vision that like the band had no choice on. Um, so he even just says like, as that went on, it was so like degrading the producers they worked with were not easy to work with at all. And it became all Ed's project. The rest of the band was like on the, in the background. Um, I think Glenn Ballard was part of this in one way or another. Um, and then he basically said like a year and a half later, these like just off the wall songs that we came up with on a whim we're finally going to be released and we hated like every minute of it, every ounce of them. Um, and then nine 11 hit it. <laughs> oh um, yeah. So like that was the, the, yeah, right the on the, e the week before you released your new album. Right. Mm -hmm. oh. And then like o overcome somehow got lumped into this mix. Like apparently MTV only had five songs on a rotation for three solid days after nine 11 and overcome was one of those songs and like they were very happy about that um, and wanted like all of those proceeds to go towards like like the families of the victims or, you know, whatever mm -hmm. other charities. And the record company wouldn't allow them to do that. Oh, they were like, oh, no, no, God. we're going to we're going to take all of this in, guys. <laughs> we're going to so capitalize on a terrorist attack. Yeah, exactly. So, um, yeah, it's not a fun album. I don't know if you listened to that track that I posted to you. This week, people I have not. No, I was. <laughs> I, I I saw that it came from uh, V, so I was like, okay, mm -hmm. well, maybe I'll just have to save this because everything okay. you're telling me is steering me clear away from this album. So. Uh, and that that was just like the representation of that, and it's all like it's all libtard kind of stuff. It's 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 like it's like why do we watch television, guys? We shouldn't be watching television. We should we should I mean, not be going. <laughs> We should not be shopping at Starbucks. And I mean, it's like all like that kind of stuff. That oh, sure. Obviously, we're, and, and we're all just consumerist so... slaves, man. <laughs> right. And so it, but it goes way too far in that libtard direction. We're okay. just like, oh, man. And um, this is when I saw live for the only time I saw them in person. I saw live live um, October ish. It was right around my birthday of 2001. Mm hmm. 
And so like in my mind, it was like distance to here and throwing copper and I'm like, yay. And then they come out and I'm like, who's this, this guy with this like long flowing brown hair, uh, singing my live songs because for all those years he had been just a bald-headed dude and i associated that with the band i was like (laughs) okay well they're they're doing a new thing he's like wearing a leather jacket with sunglasses and i'm just like this isn't what i thought this is scott stapp (laughs) (laughs) he proceeded to just get drunker and drunker throughout the entire show and just continue continue to tell us how drunk he was for a majority of the show and just be like uh Oh, you got to do another song. Oh God, guys, I'm so drunk. And then like the, the crowd was like cheering. Yay. You're drunk. Yay. We're going to enable then, you. Yay. And then he spent majority of the show, like just either off stage or laying down after that. And I was like, Oh no. And like, okay, well I'm going to try to force myself to have a good time. I know these songs. And like, even when they played lightning crashes, he like sang the first verse and then he just disappeared and the crowd sang the rest of the song and the band played the rest of the song. Fuck. And we're like, what the fuck is going on here? Um, so yeah. And then like somebody out of nowhere handed me and Jake or uh, Cameron uh, backstage passes. I don't know. They're like, Hey, you guys want backstage passes? Cause we're going to get out of here. And Cameron and I were just like, fuck yeah. Blah, blah, blah. We're going to, we we're, we're so excited. You guys want to hang out with this drunk fucking idiot. <laughs> and so we're, we're at the will turn in LA and this is where I saw them. I saw Hoobastank open for them as well. And so I feel like the show redeemed itself by the end to where I could honestly say, like, I had a good time. But at the same time, I was like, something wasn't right about this. So we're like, OK, well, let's go. Let's go backstage. Yeah, that'll be fun. And then we do. And it's like, oh, you only have backstage, you know, 1.0 passes. So <laughs> we got to go to like this, this like lounge that just had a bar and like bags of chips and we were just like sitting there like so oh, what do we do now and like the, and they're like oh you can't go into this other area because you have backstage pass 1.0 passes and like we're watching like other people with more like total access passes just going through and i'm just like so what do we do like i don't want to i don't have any money to buy a drink i'm fucking 21 years old yeah like, i just spent all my money on a v the v album and tickets to the show and gas to get here <laughs> so we just like hung out for like i don't know what we were expecting like was were we going to get to go backstage later was the band going to come out here and hang out with us i i it was like either way i'm not going to be happy <laughs> no matter what and so we just kind of like left and we're like what was that what what was that and we just kind of like weird, drove home <laughs> without knowing what to make of that show let alone us kind of trying to force ourselves to like v and it just like totally tanked after that i had no interest in that album and then going back to listen to it again i was like oh this album's so bad and do you think then, a lot like, of it is just like associations with that show or do you think, that's a even big that part of it. You think if that hadn't happened, like you'd think you'd be a little softer on this album? Mm, I don't think so. Okay. Because like I, I flushed this album after that. And then when Birds of Prey was coming out, I was so not looking forward to it. And like Cameron and I had no idea what to expect. And I don't even think, I think Cameron was still so angry at V that he never really gave Birds of Prey a chance. So um, 
you know, when we, when I listened to it on in early 2003, you know, when, when, uh, you know, the audio slave album came out right around that time, I was like on the, 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 the cusp of a wave in my life. I mentioned that when we talked about audio slave. So this album hit right at that time, positive lyrics, big choruses, my band sounding like the band that I wanted them to sound like again. And so for me, it was right there. And I, and, I, and I never looked back. I was just like, that's it. V doesn't exist. I'm just going to stop my live journey right here. <laughs> and I did because like there was no way to follow this band for me back in the day. So I didn't even know that the next album came out in 2006. Just like, oh, hey, Birds of Prey was a really, really good album. And I'm not going to listen to any other music pretty much for several more years. You're, you're done with music. Like, live yeah. killed music for you. And so it was just like I followed Audio Slave and Pearl Jam and the Chris Cornell solo albums. And until, you know, you came along, I was not aware of music. Hey, Rob, check like, out I'm Life gonna... is Not a Waiting Room. <laughs> <laughs> just jump in. Enjoy. Enjoy. So for me, this album was just like it hit at a really positive moment in my life. And I still feel like these tracks are huge and really, really good. So I, I wish that you would have felt the same way. Cause I feel like anybody who listens to this would enjoy this album because there's nothing to not enjoy about it. Maybe jumping opinion. into this on its own, I think maybe it, it would be, but I, I, I just feel like yeah. the, the prior ones are just so much stronger. Mm. And I can definitely understand that. But remember from 1999 to 2003 was a long time. I imagine a really terrible album. So we, I was just ready for it at that sure, point. Yeah. So, and, and yeah, I didn't listen to the prior album. I guess we got to um, put note that as well. I went from the distance to here straight into this. So, um, and, there, and there's no way it was ever going to reach the heights of distance to here and throwing copper in my mind. I already kind of knew that. Mm. So, um, but yeah, it was still like, there's still, you know, 18 years later, there's not too much to dislike about it. Um, and if you're, if you happen to be of a religious background, Maybe you'd even get that out of it. Yeah, you'd probably, yeah, you'd get a lot more out of the songwriting than um, than I did. Even though, like, you know, I, I grew up Catholic and stuff, so, like, I understand these themes. But, right. uh, you know, not being a Catholic anymore, you know, being being secular now, it's just like, okay, well, I, I, can, I can reinterpret these another way, even knowing that they were written, you know, mm-hmm. one way. So, you know. And, 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 and I think maybe that show, seeing him, like, what I felt was, like, a very dark moment for him. And it turns out that was a very dark moment for the, the guitar player because sure. he was like near suicide at that point. Um, and then to see them come out into something positive by 2003 was a little bit of a inspiring kind of feeling. Yeah. Good on that. It's like here, you know what we went through with Johnny Craig and then hearing that he's doing better and writing good music you know, th- th- that would make us feel good. It's a heartwarming story. So but still also physically kind of and me- me- emotionally abusive to his partner, but you know, whatever. <laughs> and maybe Ed Kowalczyk is to his guitar player. I mean, that's the way <laughs> Chad Taylor writes that from a very, very, I'm, I am the victim standpoint. That sounds like a <laughs> so... fascinating blog post and I'll have to take some time to read that. Right. Right. So you got to just read it that way. But I, but you'd, you'd have to listen to V to get the full understanding. Well, think, I've got but. two more albums from this band to go, according to your recommendations. I got songs from Black think, Mountain, which is a which for my reading, the last album worth Edward Kowalczyk uh, for now. Yes, uh, and then uh, I think that you can you can hang it up there if you want to listen to right. their EP from twenty seventeen or eighteen. 
And that's and with think, Ed Kowalczyk back, right? Yeah, when they got back and, uh, you know, the Bury the Hatchet tour. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I, I think you can just kind of leave off at, at Songs from the Black Mountain because I didn't listen to that one until last year. I enjoyed it, not nearly as much as what the past was. It's, it's and there's all not positive. much to gain from the turn with Ed, with Chris Chin. Chris Chin, no. Chris no, Chin. Was, but. I still think that his solo albums are worth the listen. I'm going to review those again. And I'll, Chris I'll let you know Chin or Ed Kowalczyk's? Ed Kowalczyk's solo oh, okay. albums. Um, so, uh, yeah. I know the first one wasn't that great, but the second two. Like he, has, he has the two full lengths and the one EP. And like the second full length and the one EP were really good, I remember. Okay. Well, do you, you want me to hang it up here or maybe just check out V? I say just just listen to songs from Black Mountain. It's okay. not going to blow you away in any in in any way that we we would hope for, but it's still some really really good songs. Okay, nonetheless, and then you can you can hang it up at that point. I'll, I'll give a listen to the to the solo albums again, and I'll let you know if um, I think that they would be a good addition to the journey. Well, since I had two more here from your initial recommendation, I was thinking, and I'm, now that I'm done with uh, Dave Matthews Band, I was thinking, yes. you know, looking at my other uh, albums here on my Super Best Friends list, um, to check out uh, the Jerry Cantrell Degradation Trip Volume 1 and Volume 2. If you feel like you've listened to enough happiness <laughs> over the last couple of weeks. Give me some of that sad boy uh, shit, baby. I mean, so... Part it's of in the is, name, dude. It's in the name. I know, I know. what to expect. <laughs> you, you know what to expect. Each is over an hour long. I mean, they're both. Oh God, they're one sixty-six minutes. The other is seventy-three minutes. Jesus so I Christ. know you're going to dislike that element of it. So, oh man, I I don't know how else to explain it to you except that maybe re-listen to those first three Alice in Chains albums first. And get get a good familiarity. <laughs> okay, remember, right. re- remember what Alice in Chains are, because it's been a few years since you've listened to them. It has, right? yeah. Okay, and then jump into this one with 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 that memory. Um, yeah, I because because I'm, I'm I'm not sure. I, I'd like to believe that you'll like this because I do so much, but it is really everything is negative there is no glimmer of hope here <laughs> so um well it sounds very fun. interesting then <laughs> i know i know but i felt that way about uh before these crowded streets which but i guess there's no there, there's no elements like that in there and this is all like super heavy grunge oriented stuff i mean this could have fit into early 90s like this is almost like a good follow-up to dirt in a way but it gets even freaking you know like more negative (laughs) i can't think of another exciting word besides more negative well i know what to expect going into it so you know i'll Mm -hmm. i'll I'll be well prepped uh you know jumping into part one it's very like it's almost because he wrote these before lane died and this was released right before Lane died. So it's almost like a Lane, Jerry Cantrell pit of despair. Like this is where you're at when you're on that verge and either you die or you bring yourself out of it, which oddly enough, he was able to bring himself out of it, but Lane was not. So like, it, it, but, but most of the songs are kind of a, talking about that dynamic, either 
either one of them. I'm sorry, did you pick up that? I did, yeah. Okay. <laughs> and the listeners did too. <laughs> Somebody's up. <laughs> well, then, so, uh, yeah, so yeah. I, I was, that's what I was thinking of doing. So that way I can kind of, after, and just kind of do a clean break from there and maybe check out uh, at the same time Red Hot Chili Peppers and Mr. Jonathan for Shantarism. Okay. Uh, since I got seven albums each for both of those. So, so for this week, Songs from Black Mountain and Degradation Trip Volume One. Let's do it. Okay, that's that's. And if I have right time, right. I'll I'll throw in the first. I'll, I'll re- remind myself about those first three Alice in Chains albums. Okay, yeah. Just to re-familiarize yourself, I guess, especially with Dirt, because and Dirt is the, so good. The stuff. I know it really is. This is like dirt, but without the radio hits Ooh. at all, at all. I mean, you can't put any of this stuff on the radio. Angel eyes was, was the single track four, and that does not fit on the radio very well at all. So <laughs> there's a reason why this did not sell so well. Yeah. Well, we're, we're we are also right on the cusp of some heavy hitters uh, coming out uh, just a couple, the next couple months. Uh, like I mentioned in the beginning of the uh, episode, like we got "If I Die First coming out this Friday. A week later, we got "Solar Power" by Lord. Week after that, we got Halsey with "If I Can't Find If I Can't Have Love, I Want Power." Also produced by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. So I am hella excited to see about how that album is going to um, sound. Uh, and of course, September we've got Hawthorne Heights, Hot Milk, Don Broco. The plotted new spirit box thrice poppy sleep token am i missing anything johnny craig johnny oh you're listening you're gonna check out johnny craig i don't know if i'm gonna check that out myself oh bad flower mike bad oh that's right bad flower that just got announced uh, not too long ago as well dude Ooh, what a stacked september and so you know you said thrice already right i did yeah okay good Whew, i was afraid you meant you forgot about <laughs> i'm hoping that's gonna be... be a contender for top 10 albums of the year so I will be checking out uh, not only Trash Boat, but also The Killers, Lil Lotus the week after. Oh, The Littlest Lotus. That's right. He's, yeah. he's here. Might as well finally listen to one of and his And I'm albums. listening to one of his projects. I might as well listen to the other one. Right. And then Phineas has an album on August 27th. Oh, my gosh. Let me write these down because like, I am, <laughs> I am completely behind. I don't know why I'm the co-host of a music show. So we got Trash Boat, Finny Haas... Uh, yes. uh, Littlest Lotus, yes, and Jonathan Craig, whoever that is. Craig. Sounds like he's going very positive these days. Well, so I mean, the I last single that he released was pretty positive, but you know that doesn't mean okay. that his personal life is. So I don't know. We'll are see. Hearing, are you hearing more about his current personal life, not his 2018 personal life? Uh, I mean, it still matters, dude. I'm not going to sweep it under the rug. I'm just saying, I mean, is he still with her? It's not like he's raising his child by himself now. No. So he's not with that girl. That the, He's oh. with a new girl that he got pregnant and has a baby with. And that that previous girl who who provided all that proof and screenshots and things like that, like that was his previous partner. Okay. So look out, baby mama. I hope you're okay. Oh, God. Hey, he said he was going to sue and he wasn't going to rest until he found the real <laughs> sexual assault. I just person. read something that, that 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 dumb shit murderer uh, OJ Simpson said. Like, I won't visit. Like, I can't go to Beverly Hills because, like, what if I run into the real killer? Oh, you know? 
So he said that like recently. Like you <laughs> stupid murdering asshole. Go to fucking jail. Yeah. Oh. He did. He went there for a long time. Not for what out. he was supposed to go to jail for. <laughs> oh, that's true. <laughs> anyway. All right. Adam, thank you for yes. joining me on this week's episode of The Skinny. Thank you for sharing Very those ads, my friend. And thank you, ad albums, my friend. <laughs> thank you for sharing your thoughts on American Noir with me. And uh, folks, if you wanted to share your thoughts, maybe share your thoughts on maybe some upcoming albums. It's going to be you know, not as busy as September, but August is looking to be pretty busy as well. Join us over in our Discord. The link to the public invite is in the description of this week's episode. And uh, you know, if we, we don't ask this much. And I'm thinking of asking it more on our less successful podcast, The Dorkies. But you know, if we, we we put out some free content almost every week for you guys, and you know, if you like, if you enjoy it, and you haven't done this already, maybe share it with a with a like minded friend or family or sibling. I don't know, or strangers on the internet. If you know if you know some people that might enjoy what we do here at the Skinny, uh, you know, shoot shoot it this way. You know, we wanna we wanna grow the show as best we can. We've been doing this nine years at this point, baby. Like you know. And we've steadily grown what the show, what we want the show to be. We've grown the audience and the popularity, and this is, and that's been great. And we enjoy our audience, of course. But you know, let's let's get some more people listening. In. If you if 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 you don't if you don't mind, that'd be that'd be who don't that, already. Yeah, if who don't already that and you know that that, that would make Adam and I for very minute. happy. Big what? album announcement news. <gasps> As I was looking at the Jerry Cantrell page, apparently third solo album, Jerry Cantrell, October 29th. Well, it sounds like I got to jump in on some degradation trip then. It's about that time. There I don't think go. you need to listen to Boggy Depot, which was his first one from 1997. It's not a very good album. 55-year-old Jerry Fulton Cantrell Jr., baby, <laughs> who's made cameos hey. in such films like Jerry Maguire, Rock Slide, mm. Deadwood, the movie, <laughs> the Nona tapes, which is great, by the way. <laughs> of course. Yeah, the Nona tapes are so great. This, this is called Brighton, and apparently it comes out October 29th, and it's only 41 minutes long. That's like an EP for him. I know. Very cool. I know. That should be good. Man, I, I, and I, I haven't talked about the new EP from The Counting Crows. And maybe there's a reason I haven't talked about it, but I've listened to it. Do you want to hear my review of it, Mike? <laughs> can you can you summarize it in like six seconds? Okay. Um, it's 18 minutes long, and it's basically just one long 18-minute song that's, that's kind of cut up into four tracks. It's cool. interesting, but it's not good. I'll just put it that way. Cool. It tells That's a story, and if you if you really don't want those Counting Crows choruses, you got them, baby. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> and there's a there's a music video for it that didn't make any sense. <laughs> so you don't recommend I check it out? I recommend you check it out because you're a super fan like me. Okay, yeah. I, I've, I've I just, liked I every single Counting uh, Crows album I've ever listened to, yeah. Right. I don't know if you will like it very much. I was kind of like, eh. This is like exactly what Mike was not liking about Saturday Nights and Sunday Morning was just kind of the long the long narrative. But it redeems itself at the end with the with the last track. But it's it's 18 minutes, you know, if you can squeeze it in. It's it's a fun listen. Yeah, it's, you know, it's not, not the best you know, 77, 77, 78 minutes long, you know. 
taking no, up no, a lot of my time, <laughs> <laughs> my precious, precious time. Uh, so precious yeah, like 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 I making time. Yeah, so like I mentioned, uh, you know, thank you for checking out our show. Thank you for sharing our show. If you if if you'd be so kind to do that, and uh, that would do it for our show this week. For my co-host Adam, I'm your co-host Mike, and like we we're saying when we we're traveling the Americas as a vampire, as a newly minted mm. vampire, li- living yes. here many, many decades, influencing many bands. Right. Point me towards Jim Steinman's studio. 1976. <laughs> yeah. 1976, Jim Steinman. Where are you? Will Gould is looking for, <laughs> for his co-writer. <laughs> He's got some ideas and he knows just the man to sell them to. 